way. Yeah, man, man, man. All out of options, nothing to choose. I pissed out on Netflix, I'm sick of the news. I'd sign up to Sky, but I don't want to pay. I've been on furlough since May. <laughs> now I'll go and listen to a company at a Welcome back to our Vida Zane again podcast, and this is episode number 25. And hola, buenos dias, como estas, Jorge? <laughs> hola. <laughs> what is crack a lacking? It is me, your genial host, Mr. Andy Sledge, and my co host. And riddled with Rona, friend. <laughs> Good job you're on Zoom and not in real life, infecting everybody. You yeah. absolute typhoid Mary, George Bradley, the COVID <laughs> king. George, yeah. how the devil are you? Well, yeah, yeah. I've uh, been there, done it, got it. Uh, although, although it was pretty... Uh, I had it very, very minor. I mean, I've had flu, which was 10 times worse. Yeah. And lasted a lot longer. It was basically 48 hours of feeling sleepy. And uh, I didn't even have a cough. I had no cough. Yeah, yeah, neither did I. Didn't really have a temperature. Didn't have a temperature. Um, But, I mean, I've still got no taste. That's the annoying thing, because I love love food, you know. And it's just, (laughs) I might as well eat cardboard, you know. It's... uh, Well... I thought when I had it, I, I, I lost my taste. And I thought, well, let's use this as an opportunity to just like eat broccoli and stuff and try and get a bit healthy. But no, yeah. I just ended up eating pizzas all the time and McDonald's and shit, whatever yeah, I could yeah. deliver. So, um, but yeah, you'll you should find that that'll probably come back like the day after, like for me anyway. Yeah. Um, I me obviously you had me yeah ten days safe outside yeah. ten days self isolation ten days tomorrow and I, I did yeah, a yeah. test this morning it was it was negative. So. Well, if if you're like me then you should be all right tomorrow So or, t- or the day after. So my self-isolation was up on the midnight on the Saturday, yeah. and, and I woke up on the Sunday morning, I felt brand new. Oh, great. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's, you know, I'm not a doctor, but <coughs> yeah. um, let's uh, let's hope that you have a similar experience, because you've had both your jabs and that, so yeah, you're yeah. all good. So... There's pretty little point then in asking what you've been doing for the last week. You've been <laughs> sat in the fucking gaff, haven't you? Yeah, I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching a few of these Sean Atwood uh, podcasts that you featured on. Yeah, um, very, very good. Yeah, I watched one last night about the the guy in prison in Jamaica. I mean, I thought that was. Pretty, well, I've not <laughs> that watched that one good. yet. I've oh, not watched that God, one. Yeah, yet. it's quite pretty good. Yeah, all his stuff's good. He's he's great. He really is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. Well. I had a very exciting week, didn't I, George? Oh, indeed. And um, I I, I believe there might have been a little bit of a tear shed in the the Bradley household this week. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You were very lucky. (laughs) Yes, yes, very much so. So, 
our viewers will be very, very, very pleased to know. I went to Newcastle at the weekend and not just to go and see my mother. Mm. I met with the beautiful and talented Vicky herself, oh. Leslie St. John. And <laughs> Leslie St. John spent, uh, she, well, we were together for, I mean, you know, there was, I mean, I say we, you know, let me preach. It was a beautiful it. hotel that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was stuff. with, I took my mother, my mother wanted to say hello, so I took my mother and I was with my girlfriend and my son. Yeah. So my son and my girlfriend were operating cameras and me. Yeah, well, I wondered who was doing that. I yeah, 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 yeah. So um, so we as a group um were together. She was very, very kind, and um and she um she gave up a, a decent amount of her time. We spent almost an hour um chatting for the actual interview. Yeah. Um, and then we sat down and had a drink afterwards and, and had a chat. And what a what a genuine, lovely, lovely, lovely person. Yeah. And yeah, I'm so, so pleased. And even though you couldn't be there, George, she did give you a little shout yes, out yes. to send over to you. So I, got I assume you probably sent that around all your mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot for that. Yeah. It's great. I mean, she sounds just exactly like she does in the in the show. Yeah. Her, her accent, it's just, it, it's her, isn't it? I mean, exactly. Uh, so, so in a very, very short while, we will be cutting across to the uh, our video, at, which was filmed at the Vermont Hotel in Newcastle. So big shout out to the Vermont Hotel for allowing us to do this in their lounge. Now, so we were basically we were there before the afternoon teas, and yeah. there was a there was a there was a a, a group of, of of ladies arrived a little bit early and were quaffing a few beverages, and I yeah. think they may have got a, li a little bit noisy towards the end of the interview. Yeah, yeah. So if you can hear some background noise in the interview, you'll have to blame the drunken wenches that were sat at the other table. But um, yeah, we tried to do it as best we could in the in the place that we had available. And um, and yeah, just, you know, it was so she was so easy to talk to, you know, yeah. like there wasn't it didn't take a lot of prompting from me. Um, you know, so we I asked questions and she just sort of started talking and we yeah. got some fantastic little stories out of her. And um, and yeah, you know, what an absolute amazing, amazing experience for me and yeah. um, to go and sit down with Leslie St. John. And um, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. So that is coming up very, very shortly. But before we actually get into the interview and get into the episode itself, we would welcome you to give us feedback. Now, we did get some feedback on the uh, Facebook page, and some guy said, it's a good podcast, but George should talk more, and you should <laughs> cut out the 10 minutes of the banal chat in the beginning. So, yes, he is correct, George. You should talk more. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. as far as cutting out the banal chat in the beginning, fuck off. We're not going to do that. <laughs> um, so, um, yes, but thanks for the feedback. Like I say, feedback and constructive criticism are welcome in every shape and facet apart from slagging the prizes off. And um, if you want to just give us some straight-up abuse, you can do so on email by emailing us on again at gmail.com. That's again at gmail.com. Please do follow us on social media, 
Instagram at Zane Again Podcast. That's Instagram at Zane Again Podcast. Twitter at Alf Again. That's Twitter at Alf Again. Please do like and share the Facebook page, Zane Again Podcast. And what we would also ask you to do is when you're on the Facebook page, go to the community tab and click invite friends, invite all friends and invite your friends to like the page. And we are going to be doing a giveaway competition relating to Facebook page invites at some point in the very near future. We would also urge you to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. So go on to YouTube and search Alveda Zane Again podcast then click subscribe and click that bell. And that will alert you to any new episodes that are coming up. But as always, if mine and George's beautiful faces are not to your liking, but we urge you to look at Leslie, Leslie St. John's beautiful face. We've got it. We, we've got someone far more beautiful than me and George this week. But if you want to listen in the car, you can just do so on all good podcast platforms. Um, Spotify, iTunes, and uh, Google Podcast Breaker, and many, many more. Our new episodes are always released every Friday at 10 a.m. And as always, our theme music is composed and performed by the guitar man, Mr. Lee Dosky. So please, please, please do like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, our Vida Zane Again podcast is sponsored by Top Gun Tattooing of number 12, the Harris Arcade in Reading. Their website is topguntattoo.co.uk and their number is audible 189-968-667. And we have a couple of fantastic offers available from Top Gun Tattooing. Offer number one is you can get a 20% discount with Zach, an award-winning tattooist at Top Gun Tattooing, by simply contacting Zach on either telephone or walking in and saying to Zach that you are a listener of the podcast, you want your 20% discount, and the code word is Haraway and Shiteman. So if you use the code Haraway and Shiteman, you will get 20% of any tattoo from Top Gun Tattooing. But that's not all, is it, George? Oh, no. We are the record-breaking, world-renowned, free tattoo givers here at our Be The Zane Again podcast. So you can get a free tattoo. Terms and conditions apply. What are those terms and conditions I hear you say? Well, they revolve around the Neville and Lottie tattoo. So if you want to get a free Neville and Lottie tattoo, you contact us at our Be The Zane Again podcast and we will take you into Top Gun Tattooing and we will pay for and film and broadcast you with your free Neville and Lottie tattoo. So, George, we've only got 15 episodes left, mate. So how yeah. how, how 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 close are we to getting you with a Neville and Lottie tattoo? <laughs> oh, well, we'll have to wait and see. The grand finale, you know. Exactly. Do you think that should... We should unveil it on the last episode, George's <laughs> Neville and Lottie Tattoo. So, anyway, so that is uh, our sponsors. And remember, we do have our current giveaway, 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 giveaway. The fantastic prize that is not to be slagged off in any way is provided by the amazing Graham Teasdale, and it is a genuine signed picture copy 
of the Magnificent Seven in Dusseldorf. So if you are interested in winning this genuine signed picture copy of the Magnificent Seven, please go on to our social media channels. You need to, on each social media channel there, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, there is a post for the giveaway. You need to click, follow that social media channel. You need to like the post. You need to tag three friends in the comments, and you need to share that post. So obviously in Facebook, you share it to your timeline. In Twitter, you retweet it. And in uh, Instagram, you share it to your story and tag us in the share. And if you do that, you will be entered into the uh, giveaway competition. Now, you can enter as many times as you like. Every time you tag three friends in the comments, that is classed as one entry. And the more you enter, the greater the chance there is that you will win. So... Do not hesitate. Go to the social media channels now and start tagging your friends and entering into the competition. So that's all the boring stuff out of the way. So, George, without further ado, yeah. we are going to break from our beautiful faces now and we're going to cut over to our interview at the Vermont Hotel with the beautiful... Leslie St. John. So here we are at the Vermont Hotel in Newcastle and our Vida's Again podcast is super, super, super happy to have superstar guest <laughs> on board, Vicky herself, Leslie St. John. Hello, 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 hello. Superstar? Super, absolute, <laughs> look, I'm telling you, I mean, well, I mean, in essence, yes. I mean, you know, we were talking about... In the Vida's Pet world. But... Do you not think that, I mean, back in when this was very first released, so in 1986, this was the basically the most popular TV programme on the telly. And, you know, there was only four channels. And um, so, you know, you're averaging, what, 15 million viewers a week. And you were the, um, you know, the, 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 the top delectable young lady on the, uh, on the, on the TV show. So you were, the, you were like the hottest girl on the hottest show in, in 1986. So, so taking a step back from that just for a second, obviously, having a look on your IMDb. Are you trying to say I'm an old book now? No, absolutely not. No, 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 I no. Well, what it is, is what, what we'll, I've got to, first of all, we've got to, we've got to say that my co-host, George, he's a cockney and he lives in London and he is absolutely devastated that he can't be here. He caught COVID at work. So he's he wasn't allowed to travel. And he is your number one fan. Oh really? I thought, I thought it was just Geordie's. No, 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 he loves you. He absolutely loves you. So, uh, George. Hi George, I'm really sorry that you can't be here and I really hope you'll be here soon. There we go, look at that, you'll have made his day. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, Look, you know, looking back, you it was you sort of jumped straight into the deep end, really, with regards to TV. So, looking on your IMDb, the first thing that was on your IMDb was obviously in pet. Now, so, but that's your first TV job. I'm assuming that there was. Oh, is that is that a mistake on there? Is it? So, so tell us, tell us about. Give us a brief potted history about what fair, you did previous. To be fair, um, I'm not good at social media. Oh, well. um, a technical. Um, 
as for you saying I'm it's like this dolly bird I'm like the old grandma now that like, <laughs> um so what's on there I don't know I don't keep it up to date I don't look at it I know I should I get slapped off my agent for you know but there again I could slap his hand and I do so I, I, I don't know where you know but I would think the very first thing I did I started in television when I was about 17 and um, a, a good 10 years before I'd be designed here. Did lots of adverts, commercials, um, did a lot of beer adverts up here. Um, what, like for like Newcastle Brown Ale and Bass? Bass, yeah. Um, for Forks Breweries, Best Scotch, I was like the barmaid, and all I remember is pint A or pint B. That's all I remember yeah. saying. Um, I should really try and look up these these commercials because they'll be yeah. around somewhere. Um, I started off um, well to get my equity card. You had to have forty weeks work oh, on the stage, and so I joined a band actually, and I sang in a band, um, and then I got put forward, and I got seconded, and then I got my equity card, so then I could start and do TV work. So I started doing little bits of extra work and stuff like that. I've been brought up on the stage because my parents were both singers and oh, right. did shows and things. Um, and then I think the very first thing I did as an extra was Operation Julie, where I was a drug addict. Um, loved that. Um, went on to do all the local things yeah. around here, um, which was the paper lads. Um, Boys from the Blackstone. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember actually. Did, did a, I think it's because a lot of people remember I did um, Five Years in Biker Grove with yeah, Adam yeah. Deck and Jill Halfpenny. And, and because this show is repeated so often, yeah. apparently I don't watch it, but everybody knows my lines far more than I do. Um, this is the one that everyone yeah. remembers and I mean even I added um, Catherine Cookson the girl yeah. and nobody recognises me in it in fact I've even got a good friend that watched the whole film got to the end and it came up Nancy Boyle, Leslie St John and they had to rewind it all to see who I was because they just didn't know it was me I was dying at TV at I was going to see it and, like, pretty I, I've never watched it. I'm sure my mother's watched it a, a load. So we were actually talking about it this morning. So um, my grandmother used to live next door to Catherine Cookson in South Shields, where Jarrell. And, um, and so my mother like knows, has read all the books and everything like that. But we, there was a picture online, I think there was a picture of you in that online. And I looked at the picture and I was like, that doesn't look like her at all. So yeah, they obviously the makeup department obviously did a fantastic job on you. Well, no, it's just the way I get up on the morning. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> and I mean, you, you, so, you know, skipping ahead of all these bit, you mentioned Biker Grove. And um, were, you, were, were you in it when Casper Berry was in it, Gil Gillespie? Yes, because I used to go to school with him. But just, just like it's like a tiny yeah, little crossover. Yeah, there was, there was like, yeah. Um, I forget what series I came in, but I didn't do the first series. Yeah. Um, but I know Ant and Deck were definitely there. Yeah. And they'd been there probably two or three years. Yeah. So I can't remember when Casper left. 
Yeah, I think he was only in it like the first. I think he was in it 89 and 90. And I think you joined in, you were 90, 92. Something along those lines. You know better than me, Adam. Well, it, it, it's, it's only just it's only just because <laughs> it's only just because I've read it. I've read, <laughs> like I printed it off this morning, and then um, I was in it for five years, so I wasn't in. All oh, right, it said it only says two years here. So again, so I've, where did you get this from? This, this is printed off from IMDb. Right. So I I assumed I made the assumption that IMDb was updated by somebody who just went and did it all. So are you saying that you've got to do it yourself as an actor? I think um, I think anybody can add to it, but it's in your own best interest to keep it up to date. Yeah. I'm just apathetic. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, but but I, don't, I don't know if there can be... There can't be more than one, but I'm sure no. I've seen something where it, it's got like all the series that I was in, but it was definitely five years. Because yeah. you were, believe it or not, I mean, it's you're a bit of a sort of mystery woman uh, on the as far as the internet goes. Because, you know, Googling your name, you've got no Wikipedia page, and there's very little up there. So obviously I'm trying to I'm trying to do my research and come in here all prepared and seem as knowledgeable as I possibly can. Because I don't, because I don't can. do it. I'm not one of these... Um, I could mention quite a few friends, but I won't. Um, but they're just everywhere. Yeah. And to be honest, they're my friends and I love them. And even I get sick of <laughs> seeing them and hearing about them and reading about them. And half the stories they tell, um, I could tell myself because I've heard them so many times, apart from the fact I've known them for 30 years and I was around at the time. Um, and I suppose I'm quite a private person. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like there's a, a massive thing now about depression and everybody's on the bandwagon. And um, since lockdown, it's been absolutely horrendous and suicides and things like that. And I'm so pleased that people are speaking up about it. Um, but, and I, I don't think I've ever said this before um, out loud on something like this, but I've suffered depression for nearly 40 years. I just don't tell people, you know, and people that do know, they go, but I don't know why, but you look so happy and you're, and you're so pretty and you're this and you're that and I think, it's just a persona, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like... You don't want to go out and go, oh, look, I'm really depressed. You go, hi. Yeah, yeah, you got to How are you? Yeah, you got, are you all right? Yeah, I'm yeah, fine. Slap, How are slap you? on a face, smile and crack on. And then you go home and cry. Um, so, I don't know, I'm just like, I'm really a private person and I do have a Twitter account, I do have an Instagram account, but I don't post anything. Yeah, yeah, I noticed. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things from years ago. Um, and I do have a Facebook account, but I've got few hundred friends and I've got mm, a thousand I think 998 friends requests pending I think one of them is mine is it sorry <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know who people are so I just think I can't answer messages to people that I do know yeah and you know I mean really famous people I know they post things all the time and they don't necessarily answer people but I feel like people think, you know, oh, who does she think she is? You know, she doesn't want to. I've always worried about what people think, think about yeah. us. 
So I just think that the low profile and plus the other thing is I don't get this about I'm this, I'm that, I'm I don't see it. I, I no, just no, see yeah, yeah, I yeah. I'm I'm You're just, just Leslie, yeah, mother yeah. of one daughter, grandmother of two two granddaughters and I don't think I'm anything special. And yeah. even when I'm with like you know, um, say for example in here, the, the, the last time I was in here, I was with um, Tim Healy, Kevin Wheatley, um, who else was here, um, um, Johnny Vegas, um, and we all just sit and chat, we're all friends, so we just sit and chat, and they don't see me as special yeah, and yeah. I don't see them as special and even when they're on the television I'm like oh Kevin's on um so I don't really think people want to hear about me mm. well you'd definitely be surprised well I, I have heard that a lot I'll tell you what it was since we did whatever it was the 30th I think you might have long um, anniversary yeah. I don't know if you came to I that I didn't unfortunately no no that was when I realised um, what a following you've got. Yeah, because everybody came. They're all on, queuing up for your table to get that picture taken. Everybody came on and they introduced people, and then they introduced me, and the place erupted, and I was like, "Oh, you know, it was work," and I was like, "Wow." And, and and people kept saying, I don't think you realise yeah. how much people like, well, like the character. I wouldn't say like me because they don't really know me, but like the character. But, well, yeah, yeah, no, you, you are correct. But, you know, as my mum just said there before, you know, some of your lines are, you know, in that show. Yeah, but I didn't write them. Such, <laughs> well, yeah, but you delivered them. You know, yes, you didn't write them, but, you know, it's a combination of the writing and the delivery, isn't it? Not everybody could have delivered them in the same way that you did. And, um, and, and my... That's very nice of you to say. But, Thank you very much. No, you're more than welcome. But, and, and also, my, my personal, my personal favourite character in that series is actually Ali Fraser. And, um, oh, I love Bill. I, like, I'd love to get him on. I'd love to, but... Again, he's got no social media. I've got no way of contacting him or anything. Like Bill's that. a very private person yeah. as well, and he's lovely. He's absolutely lovely. No airs and graces. Yeah. And to be honest, when I did the show, although Jimmy was massive, and you know, <clears throat> especially Jimmy had like come through the ranks very quickly, and whereas Bill had been around for a long time and knew his craft extremely well, and um, he's so given and it just sort of generous with you know his time and mm. i just I, I, he's such a good actor i absolutely love him to bits we've tried to get him uh, we do um, a thing called sunday for sammy yeah, yeah, yeah. every couple of years at the newcastle arena but unfortunately we're not doing it this february um, just because of COVID and yeah. we didn't know what was happening, which is a shame, but we'll, we'll be back in Hopefully 2022. Year, yeah. <clears throat> and we've tried to get Bill a few times for that, but um, he's, he's always busy, he's always yeah. doing something or 
Again, he, he just he keeps himself to himself. I mean, himself. He's, what is he? I mean, he's, he's nearly 80, isn't he? Or is he 82 or something? I mean, he's, he's, I don't know, he's got a few years on the clock and he's still hammering it out, isn't he? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. And but I mean, even people like Kevin, like he was saying, um, you know, he doesn't really want to do acting anymore. He likes doing voiceovers. You know, he likes to, um, if, if you watch some programmes, you'll see they're narrated. Yeah. I mean, I can tell his voice straight away, but if you don't, you, you'll often see he narrates quite a, quite a lot of things. Yeah. And I think um, we're just getting long in the tooth. <laughs> well, yeah, like I say, so with, that, with Ali Fraser, that was always, I love the way that he says, the, it, it's, it's a really tiny thing. But my favourite thing about him is the way that he says the, the name Dennis. He goes, Dennis, Dennis, like he's that, and he's all, I like and he's the way he says Biggie. And, um, but, but there's also, there's that scene where you and him are having an argument, and um, you're in the villa, and, he, and he's, he's basically, he's, he's being quite derogatory to you, saying about, you know, oh, is the villa not up to scratch for you? He goes, remember, you are living on a council estate, and you said, I'd travelled before I met you, Ali Fraser. And he, he went, I did two summers in Mallorca. And then he goes, well, maybe you should ring your mate. She's probably still got the tent. And then walks off. And I mean, just the dynamic between the two of you. Like I say, he's, you know. That's the bikini scene, isn't yeah, it? Well, yeah, there's what, well, that's the famous, the oh famous Oh my God, bikini. do you know what it is? If that was not documented, I would never, ever, ever, in a million years, believe I was ever that slim. Because I had such hang-ups at the time. Of having to wear that bikini and there's a scene where i'm with oz and we're in the villa this is after the scene you said where um we're having a, oh no this was when um ali puts up my clothes yeah. and things and, and i think jimmy's sitting there in his underpants well, Jimmy, oz is sitting yeah. there in, in his underpants and the police come it's when he wins yeah, 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 yeah. and i remember i had to walk to the door and answer the door and the policeman's standing at the door um, and i've got this like what was it? it was like a, um i forget what they call them do they call them teddies or something yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a two-piece anyway it was like the french knickers in, in the top and i remember walking to the door thinking oh my god the camera's on me bum the camera's on me bum the camera's on me bum <laughs> and i was i had such a complex all my friends know i have like a lot of hang-ups about my body and I don't mm. like the way I look and when I look at that now I think god I've got hang-ups now and I thought I had hang-ups then I would give anything to look like that now. well there was definitely no need for you to have hang-ups and like I say my I just kept thinking me droopy bum I shouldn't say that because now everybody's <laughs> gonna go to that and rewind and watch me walk well, through the door. I very much doubt, I very much doubt there'll be any, there's anything to be be ashamed about, and I'm pretty sure that my co-host George, that is uh, one of his particular favourite scenes. Is, uh, and, and well, they, is it the green? Well, I think it's turquoise. So they, <laughs> they call it the green bikini, the, the infamous green bikini. And do you know, I didn't know. Had I known how famous that bikini was I kept, kept it I kept it right up until about 10 years ago oh really don't and tell me you binned it oh. I think I've got, I've got rid of the top 
um, and I had another green top and I liked the bottoms but the top was just two little triangles yeah. that I'm showing off and I'm afraid there's like this no way <laughs> they would fit in they'd be more like nipple covers <laughs> so anyway it went the distance and somebody asked me once if I had it and they wanted to make it into a glass put it in a glass case yeah, yeah, in a picture yeah, frame yeah. and I was like you what oh god yeah I like... said it went the charity shop and I just I didn't know so somewhere, I didn't know. Somewhere in the northeast, there's a young lady on on a, gone on a holiday is wearing Vicky's bikini, and she doesn't even know. <laughs> Just the top, but I think I've still got the bottoms somewhere. Oh, well, so. like I say, you probably uh, you probably sell that on eBay for a large amount of money, maybe. <laughs> so, well, so let, let's let, let's let's actually take the step you back. Want to go topless on the beach wearing them? Well, uh, me personally. I definitely don't think I'd be uh, I'd be front of the queue with, for people to, for for people for the for the viewers to want to see it, but um, but yes I've uh, I've got no particular hang-ups myself, but um, but let's just take that step back then. So obviously you, you said you know you were you, you were born you were basically born into being an actress. You know you've got your you know your mum and dad. Um, you know so you were doing you got your bit parts. You got your equity, and so before our viewers in pet were you what you would consider to be recognizable walking down the street or were you fairly anonymous anonymous and then you've got the you've got that part and then i remember because so the first time that you're seen is when uh, it's on the big market and you're coming out the hairdressers and dennis is waiting in there in the jag and there's the crowds like if you actually look in the background people have stopped and a crowd's formed because this is the beginning of season two this the, the, the first season was hugely successful and then to get it to get it and, and, and obviously the people in Newcastle loved it. And so you're on the big market, you know, Tim Healy's there, people are walking past, they've stopped and looked, and in the background there's all these crowds. Yeah. There was a so, few of us there, Kevin was there. Yeah. They might not have been in that no, scene. Were, yeah. But they were there. So so you've come out, you've done your scene. And um, and then obviously I appreciate that, you know, it's not on TV the following week, it's they film the whole thing and so that after that first night after that first scene was broadcast how did that change your life did you go from like I'm, I'm assuming that you went from being like you say a fairly anonymous to like walking down the street and everyone shouting vicky would that be an assumption i wouldn't say everyone is shouting vicky um but yes it did happen and i had kids knocking on the door asking for autographs and um old friends that like really couldn't be bothered with you suddenly all of a sudden crawl out the woodwork, came out yeah, yeah. The woodwork and things but um i've always been i don't want to see a home but i've always i've never i've never got this that people think i'm special like yeah. you said like you are like really looking forward to meet yeah, this yeah, and, absolutely, yeah. and that george is good that he can't be here and and I think, you know, if I met Tom Cruise, I would think, oh, that's, that, you know, that's great, that, you know, somebody special, but I don't, well, obviously I'm not in the Tom Cruise category, but I mean, I, I don't, I still, all these years later, I still find it weird that people are like, oh my God, I can't believe I've met you. And, you know, and I think this and I think that. And I'm like, I don't know, I, I just, I think I'm, I'm nobody special. Yeah. And I find it weird that people think I am. 
Well, uh, you know, you know, self-perception is a very, very funny thing. And, and but I, if I was Tom Cruise and I've done loads of movies in Hollywood and whatever, then then yeah, I probably would think, you know, I'm sorry, I haven't got time for. You know, I don't know. Got my people to call your people and yeah, yeah. all that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. I give autographs, but I don't like giving autographs. But not for the reason you might think. The reason I don't like giving autographs is because I think. Who am I? You know? Like if I asked for your autograph, you would think, well, yeah, okay. But you would think <laughs> I'm just signing my name. Why do you want that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's like that. Yeah, no, I get it. It's, like I say, you know, self-perception is a very, very weird thing. And, and it's, there's, a, there's a friend of mine went from fairly, fairly obscure, like I'm not going to say who it is, but there was a friend of mine who I've known for a long time. You can tell me later. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and he, he was he was in, you know, relative obscurity. And then he met and married someone very famous. And next thing he's on the front page of every newspaper. And he was just like, it was, you know, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty real. And, um, and then, you know, I remember we were, we were leaving. We were we were we were in a building somewhere, and we were going to like um, jump in the car, and the car was like a hundred meters down the road, and like to just to walk out the door to get to the car was like planning a military operation. Okay. He was like, "Listen, right, what we got to do?" Yeah. He says, "When we get out the door, you don't stop for anything." No, it's he not says, like you that just for keep me. going. <laughs> and um, and yeah, and it was I'm just not that famous. and the but the like, and you know he's. He's, he's basically back in relative obscurity now, but um, you know there was a period of his life during there was a few years of his life when he was um, when he was when he was very very sought after for pictures in the press and that and because of who he was and it just and and, and he had a, a bit of a similar thing you know he was like you know yesterday I was nobody and today all of a sudden I've got photographers chasing us down the street just because of who went just because of who I went out with yesterday. And, um, yeah. And, um, well, yeah. Well, no, I don't have photographers chasing stones. But you must have done I in think, 1986. Um, I did have a lot of um, <coughs> press, as in the newspapers. But had it happened now with the OK magazine, the Hello magazine, yeah. the New magazine, the Closer magazine, the the hundreds of magazines that are going, the social media, the then I think I probably would be a lot more famous, a lot more people would know who I was. I probably might have gone down a slightly different path. Um, I was going to move to London, um, but at the time I had split up with my husband and I had, I'd had my daughter. And I was thinking, how do I do this? Like, if I go to London, I haven't got my parents to look after my daughter, so I can't even go for an audition. But it was that north-south divide of, like, there was no Zoom calls then. Um, so you could have an audition in London, it cost you 150 quid to get the train, to get to wherever you were going, come back again, maybe you had to stay over. Very few paid expenses depending on who and what and how much they wanted you. I mean, if they asked for you, obviously they paid. Yeah. Um, and then if you didn't get the job, you, know, you were that Time much money down. Money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought it would be better to live down there. Um, and I often wonder if there'd been all these magazines, because now everybody needs dog. 
is, um, you know, oh, so-and-so was seen falling out of the nightclub and, yeah. and such and such has had their hair cut and oh, so-and-so said they couldn't be pregnant at this age and they're all like a load of crap stories yeah, yeah. that half of them are made up. Um, but their faces out there, their faces out there, their faces out there. And also, a lot of people deliberately put themselves out there and I don't. Yeah. I've never networked. I've never pushed myself. I've been with people that have been doing projects and I would love to have been in them, but I would never have said, which I know some of my friends have, have said, here's a job. Yeah. You know, people have rang up people and said, no, can you not get me in this and can you not get me in that? And I think, God, are you not in enough? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just, I just can't do it. I just, I think um, I would have done a lot more had I been that pushy person. And if you're waiting at home, like I do, uh, waiting for Steven Spielberg to knock on the door, it isn't going to happen. It isn't going to happen. But sometimes I wish I was more pushy. Sounds like you need a new agent. It's not so much that, it's just, again, I don't want to say too much about people because they are my friends and I really like them, but you know the, don't you know who I am? You know, and I mean, I've got some people that I think, some friends, acquaintances, and I think, of course I know who you are, <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, you know, that was, I was, so I, like, I sent you that message on Instagram and, and it was, I don't know. You're very that? lucky I found that. And, well. Because I thought, what's, what's this thing on this arrow in the top? Yeah. In the, the top of your The phone? request. What is it? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then, um, and, and yeah, and, and you know, from the first reply, you were just, you know, so down to earth. And, and and so you know you know welcoming and accommodating and you were like yeah yeah no problem. Can't remember what and, I said. Um, yeah. And um, and yeah no I just said look you know I'd love to I'd love to be able to speak to you about about the show and you went yeah yeah course course and then you know we swapped a few. I'm messages really here because I don't like doing Zoom. Well that was it that was it I said oh we'll do it on Zoom we'll do it on Zoom and you went oh I don't I don't know how to use it and I went well I'll come no to I Newcastle. do I do and I have done self tapes and auditions yeah. and whatever but. I just, it, it, it's just so false because yeah. I think as a presenter, you talk to the camera, you talk to the people at home, you're talking to whoever. I don't do that. When you're an actress, you avoid the camera. Yeah. You always avoid the camera. You never want to look in the lens unless the script specifically it, says yeah. at the end, you know. You do a break the fourth wall kind of thing, yeah. Um, so and with Zoom, you sort of you're like looking back at yourself as I well. Yeah. And I and always then it keep takes you just to set it up, and I don't. And I, like when I'm on them Zoom calls, like my eyes automatically get drawn to me, the picture of myself, and I'm like, what am I looking like? What am I looking like? Well, I'm going, drives me Do I look at the picture in the corner, or, or do I just look at yeah. this? At the middle of the well, screen, we, or do I look where the lens is? And, oh. We record most of the podcasts on Zoom, so what I've done now is I've got like a, like a bit of cardboard 
that I drape over the screen to stop myself looking at myself. Because otherwise I'd be doing it like that, looking at the corner of the screen, it's absolutely well, that was it. That's what I was saying, like, where, where do I look? Where do I look? And I was told, well, look wherever you want. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to end up just looking cross-eyed. <laughs> So, so you you were in you were in ten episodes out of the thirteen um, from season two. Um, is there any particular one you can sort of still remember now about about which was maybe your favourite or what did you enjoy most? I mean, you know, there was some of it was filmed, a lot of it was filmed in Nottingham. There was obviously the locations in Newcastle, and then obviously you know Marbella. And I, I actually lived in Marbella myself for about five years. And, Did you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was. Um, you were selling timeshare. Well, I mean, real estate. It wasn't timeshare. No, but um, <laughs> I don't know. You just about timeshare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. If the money was there, I probably would have done it. But yeah, it was. Uh, well, I, back in the day, I was, it was. I was. I was. Fortunately or unfortunately, whichever way you look at it, timeshare had sort of died a death by the time I was. I was. I was out there. Um, you know, back probably in the in in the eighties when you were out there working, that was probably the the peak timeshare yeah, times. Yeah. So you were probably getting bothered by timeshare touts all no, the time I didn't. when you were. I didn't. But um, I, I, I do you remember didn't how, really do you remember how long? Do you remember how long you were in Marbella for? About five weeks. Yeah. I think the thing is, and have, you, have you ever been back? Have you been back since at all? And did you sort of drive along? Wow, well, we filmed there and we did that. No, because I've been before. All oh, right. And I've been afterwards. Yeah. Um, my parents had a timeshare, actually, up in Mihas. All oh, right. Um, um, and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd stayed in their place with them, but we'd just go to like, uh, is it Orange Square? Yeah, yeah, the Orange Square mob. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, we, we didn't really go out, we just stayed in the hotel and I had my daughter right. there, I had like a, I had a nanny and I had my daughter there. I've got a great photograph of her playing outside of the villa in what she thought was a sandpit but there's the like a safe. cement mixer right behind her. You know, um, she used to just sit with her book and spade and I, I didn't really take her um, very often. Yeah. But she was quite small in a couple of days. She was a bit like, I don't want you to go. Yeah. So I would just take her with me. Because there's that, we, I mean, you mentioned it before about the status quo quote, and that's when you're sitting with Kenny Ames and you're on the front of Porta Venus, yeah. and the camera angle is like from inside the restaurant looking out, and you can see like the corner of the port with the lighthouse and everything it's like amazing, that. It's amazing, isn't it? And it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's. You know, and then you know these days it's you know very much all Lamborghinis and Ferraris and and, and all of that. Oh, it always has been. And um, I'm sure it and, still is. And yeah, and, and and I remember I was walking I was walking down there with my granny once, and I looked up and Dolph Lundgren was walking towards me, and I was like Dolph Lundgren, martial. Really? I'm a big fan of the martial arts and all that. And, Did um, you speak to him? Well, I didn't know he was with his kids and all that, and I was with my granny, and it was like you know, yeah. and yeah. it just you know it just it, it didn't really there, there wasn't like a there wasn't like a convenient, a, a convenient point, but there's the, but there's the bit where um, Brent, when they, everyone's walking before they go onto Kenny Ames's boat, and they're walking along, and Brenda's talking, and she goes, "E, that's where we saw Sean Connery yesterday," and um, and yeah, you know, that's what Marbella's like, and it, like I say, that's a beautiful, beautiful angle of you know showing her, showing what it's all about, um, but yeah, like you say, you've got the. You've got that famous line and Kenny M says, we don't want to upset the status quo. And you're like, do they live here as well? 
I mean, again, you know, the, you know, as well, you said before. Well, that's Dick Clements and Ian Lafrenny, yeah. I mean. No, I, I know, but again, you know, they, they did write it, but, you know, you delivered it. Um, we never, we never really went there at all. I mean, um, Alan McEwen um, took us out of the cast, the main cast, out for a meal one night there. I can't remember what it was called. It was further up the other, the other end, yeah. is it? Is there a Sinatra? Sinatra is on the corner, yeah, 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 that's a very famous bar. It might have been there. I've got photographs of it, actually, I should have bought them. Um, and he treated us all to a meal that night. We all went out, just like, thank you, I suppose. And I think, apart from when we did the um, Hazel and Barry's wedding, yeah. I don't think I was down there at all. Because um, I was down having a look in a few shops, but I was either working or if I wasn't working and up at the villa, I would just be at the hotel with my daughter. Yeah. So I never really did anything or went anywhere and we had early stops and the day I was on the boat I was so ill. Oh, really? I had a problem with me in that year. Oh god. And I literally got off the boat and I, I looked so drunk. I, I, could, I just I couldn't walk and I got to the hotel and luckily one of the makeup artists was walking towards us and I said I don't feel well and I remember just putting my back against the wall and just sliding down oh the wall and I just had to go straight to bed and just yeah. everything was like never like that since. Oh god yeah I've, I've, I've had a couple of bits of folks are seasickness and, and it's, it's you just feel like you're dying don't you? it's just well we got up about i mean we were on that boat from six o'clock in the morning and it was dark when we came back oh god and i mean this was in august so it's like 40 degrees so it was a long day yeah. from six o'clock in the morning to being dark it must have been about nine, ten o'clock at night. So that sounds like your least favourite part of it. So, but definitely, in answer to your question, um, I loved all of it, but yeah. yes, the more beer bits have to be. When he, you know, I've never had an opportunity like that yeah. since. Um, so yeah, that would be, I mean, it was a bit weird that like all the exteriors were in more beer, but then the interiors. Yeah. We're back in Nottingham, yeah. and then we're back in Nottingham like three months later. So, how close were you to Gary Holden? Did you did you know him very well? I did know him, but this is hard to say when this is for Ovid and pet fans. But we used to go for a drink in the hotel on a night. Um, but a lot of them used to drink to excess and obviously we know how detrimental, you know, drinking drugs could be. Luckily, I've never, I mean, I do, I do drink and I do like to drink, um, but uh, not like doubles, trebles, one afternoon, you know, I like a couple of glasses of Prosecco or Champagne or, or whatever. And that's probably that's probably me. Um, so when he was sober, he was really nice. All oh, right. 
Um, and he could have a really good chat, and he was quite funny. But then he could get, he had a, he had a lovely girlfriend at the time um, that he used to take everywhere. She was always in the hotel. Um, and the one, it, it was nice to have a, a chat with everybody because we'd all sit like this, you know, there'd be like a few of us. Um, but when people had had a lot to drink, I used to leave. Yeah. Um, but when we did the bit, uh, which is supposed to be Ali Fraser's house in Darris Hall, yeah. which was actually filmed in the house in Nottingham, yeah. and I, I spent quite a bit of time with Gary that night. Because you had that scene outside in the car yeah. when you were talking about it. But I just, I wish I'd bought some photographs now, but I've got this photograph of me and him sitting on the sofa. And I think he's grabbing a hold of us or something, and I'm just laughing. And it's a great, it's yeah. a great photograph of the two of us. Um, but I didn't really have many scenes with him. So, again, in answer to your question, no, I didn't really know him very well. Um, and he could, he could be a peer, but then he could be really nice. And it was. It was funny because at his funeral, um, when somebody got up to, to speak, and they said that. They said he wasn't like, you know, you can get up at a funeral, but he was so lovely. He's the nicest man in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was, but he wasn't as well. Yeah. You know, he, he, there was two sides to him, but yeah, I think yeah. sometimes when drinking drugs are involved, you're going to get that. But the reason I asked that is it sort of it, it sort of just jumped in my head when you mentioned about the inside, the outside of Marbella and the inside in England, because there's the scene it's in the in the episode we're going to be doing next week, where you and him are talking at the bar, and Bomber comes in and picks him up and carries him out, but that's not actually him; it's a stand-in, isn't it? So, um, and and you can hear that like they've dubbed his voice over the top. Because it's it, it's very it, it's just it's not relevant what he says he goes here what am i supposed to do then and bomber carries him out and it's obviously clearly just a line that they've recycled from from previous um, it, it was all shot out of sync um so you, you didn't do like episode one yeah. episode two um because it was, I keep hearing somebody saying Leslie. I think it's them. It's obviously a Leslie. Yeah. It's quite distracting. Can you shut up? Don't you know how I am? There's <laughs> 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 only one Leslie here. Um, sorry, what was I saying? Um, yeah, you see, it wasn't shot in, in order. It was oh, yeah, shot it's, out not, sync. it's not shot in sync. And so, in one way, that was good because we could play about with with bits because um, after you know he had passed away but we still had done scenes with him that were slotted in a later episode um, but that scene actually where he's lifted up was actually in a nightclub in Nottingham and that was that was the wrap that was the last date yeah. There was a casino scene That's in right, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was the day we wrapped. I thought it was quite a sad day. Oh God, yeah, all around. Yeah. But the worst bit for me with Gary was um, we said that the, the scene you're on about where I'm outside in the car, 
<coughs> um, with Wayne and Vicky's about to pull off in the drag and she says she's going to uh, Annabelle's club. But it's the change of the Cannabels, don't they? Because Annabelle's, Annabelle's was a club in, in And see, I told you, you know, you know all this stuff. But the thing is, people like ask the history of things, the history doesn't change. So obviously yeah. the subjects have come up before and people know the answers. But I had to. Um... I've actually been to Annabelle's in Sunderland once. Yeah. I didn't venture over that. I didn't venture into Wearside very often as a kid. I but, went um... once. Once, yeah. I don't remember it, but I remember I went once before before this. So anyway, they had to do with Annabelle's. Why? Why they wouldn't want Annabelle's in it? I don't know because I think it would have been. Would have been yeah, good for maybe them. Maybe some anyway. legal perspective or something yeah. like Ooh, that. Look I don't know. Flashing. Um, you haven't got that purple bikini on it, no. <laughs> it was green. Oh, green, sorry. Turquoise, I think it was that. So I thought it was turquoise. Teal. Teal. Oh, there you go. So yeah, so um, so obviously you said that you know you had that you know the the, 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 the relationship with Gary was a, a little bit whatever. So out of the other, about of all of the other members of the cast, then. Oh, who, sorry. Who? That's what I was going to say. Well, the bit about cannabis. Oh, right. so I had to go into a booth and redo, oh, redo the voiceover the, uh, voice. of, um, you know, they just said, we just want you to see a line again, but we want you to drop cannabis in and then we'll, you know, we'll drop that in where you said Annabelle's. But what they didn't tell me was through the cans they were going to play Gary's line, his oh, feed. Right. And. I didn't. I just didn't say anything because I got a shock. Yeah. Because I just wasn't expecting it, and I'm just in this recording booth with the headphones, and then all of a sudden I just hear Gary talking, and I just went, "Sorry, sorry, like sorry, I didn't say me line, but I just, I just wasn't. I just didn't know they were going to do that. It stands to reason now because that's obviously a feed, but." But yeah, it was very sad. Yeah. It was very sad. So who was, out of all of the other, I mean, you mentioned obviously you had a great time with, with Bill and you had some good scenes with Jimmy towards the end when he, you know, when he, like you say, when he was sitting down in his pants and you were a bit paranoid about about, about, the, about the, the, the view from the back. So out of all of the people that you had scenes with and all of the other cast members, who was probably your best mate out of the lot? Um, probably Melanie Hill. <laughs> yeah. And um, the wardrobe lady, because our kids were the same age. All right. And the kids used to play. Um, no, I was quite friendly with Tim Healy. Yeah. And Tim and Kevin. Um, but I also got on really well. Um, Although I didn't really, I don't think Vicky had many scenes with Bomber. Um, but he was, oh, he was lovely. And we used to have like, we lunch together on the bus. Yeah. And, you know, you would have like, a, when you were on location, you would always tend to have lunch on a converted bus or whatever. Um, but yeah, we're, we're quite opposites. But we really got on well he was really really nice really yeah. nice person and again 
bit like Bill, he was very helpful, giving, friendly. Um, I don't think, I think there was only a, a few scenes at the ball really that I, that I think we ever had with Bomber. Um, but Pat was really nice. Um, and I remember Tim once when we were filming in London and of course a lot of them lived in London and I didn't so I'd be in a hotel and I remember one day um, after we finished rehearse and we finished at two o'clock and it was like now what am I going to do and Bill took us into Covent Garden and had a wander around there that was great and one day um, Tim had said Tim um, he said, no, you can come back to mine for a coffee. So we did that and we had a good chat. Um, so we got quite pally. I think the fact that we were Geordies, yeah. and plus I knew Tim before. All right. Um, before I actually got the part. Um, not very well, but I did know him. I knew Denise. Denise yeah. Welsh, I knew Denise very well because we used to always go up for the same part. She went oh, up right. for Vicky, I went up for Coronation Street. Oh, right. um, so we, we would often meet and see each other. I mean, um, I've known Denise longer than I've known Tim. I must have known Denise. Easy 40 years. Oh, um, because your paths collide. Yeah, 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 for uh, sure. You know. So. I don't know that I had a favourite and I don't know that I knocked around with anybody. Um, because again, like I say, when I got home, I had my daughter and I spent time with her. But we did things as groups, yeah. as a group. All right. So we had like a um, table tennis tournament and um, I think it was Kevin's daughter's birthday. So we had a birthday party one night and so all the cast, the crew, um, catering, makeup, wardrobe, sound, chippies, everybody, you know, yeah. all the spa, we'd, we'd all like get together and the hundreds of us, you know, and uh, do stuff together. And apart from that, I'd probably be in my, it was a part hotel, so you had, yeah. you had your kitchen and yeah. whatever, and a lot of time. Well, unfortunately, Leslie, it looks like our, the, the, the place that we are is about to be populated with people with their afternoon tea. So I could sit and speak to you all day. It's been an absolute pleasure. But unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap this up now because the noise level is getting a bit high. I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> I can't quite hear. <laughs> but listen, I just, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say a massive, massive thanks. Thank um, you. you've, you've been absolutely legendary to go out of your way and spend some time with us and I'm sure that the fans of the podcast are going to absolutely enjoy it and I'm going to enjoy this Rioja yeah, bottle of white Rioja and, and, and there for you as well oh thank you, how lovely oh, so listen gorgeous. everybody, this is Leslie St John and, and she's been Stevie the, Hicks. the Stevie Nicks haircut Stevie Nicks. so Leslie, thanks very much Thank you. Bye. Bye. And we are back, and that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So I just want to say a huge, once again, a massive, massive, massive heartfelt thanks to Leslie St. John. And hopefully you will notice. I think she did, she did mention it at the end there. But what I did 
is uh, for um, uh, to say a, a massive thank you. I bought her a bunch of flowers yeah, yeah. and a bottle of white Rioja. Yeah, nice so, touch. Yeah, yeah, very good. Oh so, yes. So one of my one of the favourite lines is when she's in that restaurant with Ali and Kenny Ames, and she goes, "Ee, I didn't know they did white Rioja." So I went to the supermarket and I bought her a bottle of white Rioja, uh, Rioja. We all know yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yes, before anyone emails in and goes, it's Rioja. Yes, we know it's Rioja, but yes, so we bought uh, the beautiful Leslie St. John a fantastic bottle of white Rioja and a bunch of flowers, and she was made up with that. I mean, like I say, I'm going to say it again, what a genuinely, genuinely, mm. genuinely fantastic person she was. And, um, and yes, you know, she was... She gave up a lot of her time, and uh, and even after the interview finished, we sat and we talked, and yeah, just a lovely, lovely. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, cannot say enough good things about Leslie St. John, and she was talking that I think it's next year they're going to start hosting the Sunday for Sammy once again. Yeah. So she did say that um, next year, if we go up for the Sunday for Sammy. That we should uh, drop her a message and um, and she will come and see us again. So yes, very much looking forward to that. So, without further ado, George, let yeah. us move on to this episode. So this is our Be the Zane Again podcast episode twenty five, and it relates to series two, episode twelve, mm. for better or oh. worse. So this is the penultimate episode of series two, and things are starting to boil up to the surface. <laughs> There's plenty going on. There is plenty going on. So we have some. Um, we've got a couple of um, fantastic cameos, um, which we will discuss as and when they appear, and um, and obviously the locations are in Spain, uh, in Marbella, and. Um, the um, the uh, the episode was first broadcast on the 9th of May, nineteen eighty six. So, the first scene is a very very pleasant scene of <laughs> bomber coming out of the oh. the toilet tent. Now, I know that you know it's not a. I don't know whose idea it was. I mean, you know, they've got the villa there. That's it, yeah, yeah. You know, with the, um, they've got the villa there, and obviously I'm sure there's plenty of toilets in the villa, but yeah. obviously I'm assuming that they've got muddy shoes and what have you, but, you know, that, you know, that toilet tent in 35, 40 degree weather oh. must be definitely kicking up a stink. And you can The probably, flies, the flies, God. Yeah, and you could probably imagine that Bomber, Drops some yeah, yeah. big old stinking load. It can, can unload like an elephant, I'd imagine. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Bomber is coming out of the toilet tent, and like you said, George, the flies, the flies are <laughs> are buzzing around, and um, they would definitely be giving you some grief inside the confines of that little tent. And so Bomber's walking out, and Oz is walking towards it. And Bomber says, "I'd give it five. I'd give it five if I were you." And Oz quite rightly says, "What?" He says, "I'd rather use the bushes than risk going in there, mate." And Bomber has a little bit of a laugh to himself. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> "So 
Neville and Moxie are tiling the pool. And Neville's talking about the toilet. He says, I, the bloke I feel sorry for is the poisson that's got to clean it out. Oh. Moxie says, yeah. He says, still, it's all right for some, though, isn't it, Nev? Some of us are staying in the villa. And, um, and, and Barry, then, one of his interesting facts, he says, that pong could well have great... Um, could, could well cause great aggression and disharmony amongst us, like you know. And Dennis says, look, Barry, man, he says, we've worked in much worse conditions than this before. We're not going to fall out over a portaloo. And I mean, a portaloo would be actually luxury compared to the bog yeah. tent, basically. Because oh. I'm pretty sure there's just a bucket in that tent. Yeah, there, yeah. A bucket with a bit of a wooden rim in that tent. It's, I wouldn't exactly... A portaloo is like a porter cabin, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I actually have a friend who was in... Uh, he went to Goa and he, he, he was using a similar sort of toilet. And yeah. uh, the the wooden slats that was uh, sort of built on collapsed and he fell into the... Oh! He fell into the, the, the pit and he had to come out covered and uh, a few of the locals got a hose and he just just stood there and everyone watching him and they were hosing him down. That's <laughs> horrific. I mean, the worst experience I've had was in um, was when I went on a... When I was in Bangkok, well, that time that me and you were in Thailand. Yeah. And, um, and I went on a visa run to Cambodia and obviously yeah. you know you get the you get the dodgy belly when you're in Thailand yeah and um and I got to the border and I was on the I was on the, the Thai Cambodian border in the middle of nowhere and it was like you gotta go you gotta go and so yeah, I, yeah, I pumped yeah. out this minibus and I'm like right where's the toilet and they've gone there and I've opened the door and there's just one of them holes in the ground yeah. and it was like oh but you gotta go you gotta go yeah luckily yeah. I had the foresight I took a packet of baby wipes with me. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? That was the only, yeah. the only saving grace of the entire experience. But yeah, once you once you've had to once you've had to squat over a hole in the ground on the Cambodian border, you know, <laughs> any toilet in England is is, is 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 even that, even the toilet in the tent would be luxury compared to the hole in the ground in Cambodia. So anyway, so um and then Wayne says. He goes, I like to go last thing at night, I do. And then he sings a song. Do you know what song he's singing, George? I can't remember, no. What was it? No, well, I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying is, is, oh. um, is Barry says, no, no. He says, it's serious. It's it's pheromones. Obviously, Barry mispronounces the, the word pheromone. Pheromones, And And then Wayne says, no. He says, no, it weren't it with the kinks. So he was obviously singing a song for the kinks. Again, you know, my mm. knowledge of the kinks is very, very limited to absolutely zero. Mm. And then Moxie, misunderstanding, he goes, who the, who the heck are the pheromones? And Barry says, not a lot of people know about pheromones. You know, I only found out about them when I read this article in a magazine in The Chiropodist. And Dennis makes a pun. He says, oh, I footnote, was it? <laughs> And Barry says, look, if you don't want to, if you don't want to hear, look, it's no skin off, he goes, no sweat off my arse. A bit crude for Barry. Mm. He says, just go back to your normal moronic topics of conversation, sex relegation, and the death by. And then again, he says something I didn't understand. I, I rewinded it and rewinded it and rewound it and rewound it, and I couldn't hear exactly what he said. But oh says, no, no, Barry, how are Dazzleus Dazzleworth? Por favor. And Barry says, pheromones may well be a contributing factor to football hooliganism. 
He says, you see, they're invisible entities which fly off into the atmosphere when you take a pee and they stimulate aggressive tendencies. It says, now at half time, when everyone pees at once, massive numbers of pheromones are set free, right? And apparently this is why, this is why 67% of violence takes place in the second half. <laughs> Nothing to do with the fact that everyone's got absolutely bladdered. Uh, yeah. and <laughs> during, the, during the break. Anyway, he says, come up, and, and, and Neville just goes, he comes up with something every day. And I was like, no, no, he says, I can get along with that. He says, I was at Villa Park one year and someone pissed in me pocket. I <laughs> was furious. Anyway, so Vicky pulls up in a, gol a, a Volkswagen Golf Cabriolet. Yeah, GTI, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. and so she walks around the corner in a very delectable looking dress and mm. um and wayne immediately notices and mm. but as wayne is noticing vicky bomber is noticing <laughs> yeah and bomber positions himself in wayne's view and says off limits boyo and wayne says oh i'm not sure sure bomb i mean at ali's party you know in geordie land i definitely got a flash off that one and he says you mess around with her and bollocks it up for the rest of us. You'll have more than a flash off me, Wayne. And Wayne says, hey, he says, don't sermonise me, bomb. You're not past a bit of lechery yourself. I saw you the other night down the casino. Two young travel agents from Preston, eh? And he has a laugh. And Wayne thinks it's funny. And Bomber's deadly serious. He says, nothing I did with them is going to come back on a slot. And he says, off limits. And so he has laid down the law for Wayne. And anyway, Vicky comes up and she says, morning, lads. Mm. And um, and Moxie says, hello. And Neville says, how do? And and he's and Devil stop, uh, uh, Dennis stops where he's doing. He says, right, I'll not be long. So Vicky's having a look and she says, hey, mind, this place is coming along. You'll be finished soon. And then Oz, he's picking up big rocks and throwing them. He says, I would even hang a boot us lot, you know. And then we see the first little glimmer yeah. of interest. Yeah. And so Vicky starts speaking to us. She goes, oh, what are you going to do when the job's finished, does? And he says, me? I don't know. I suppose I'll have to come back and face the grim reality of Margaret Thatcher's Britain. And he's drinking a beer. And he says, unless your Ali coughs up a finishing bonus, like, then I can postpone it for a week. And again, she probes for more information. She's like, and, uh, mm. take off somewhere, like. He said, and he says, well, he says, ah, well, me and Barry had planted to have a slow Tovey back through France but knew with his, you know, fiancé, we've had to give La Francie the big E, so to speak. So I'll be on my own as usual. And Barry pipes up. He says, I'm, I'm very sorry. My personal affairs have intruded on your plans, Oz. And he says, not my plans, pal. You were the one that wanted to go and see the shatooses of the Loire. <laughs> and he goes, chateaus, Oz. And Vicky says, he have always fancied Saint-Tropez myself. I think there's more nightlife. And I mean... Well, it's more sophisticated than this, like, isn't it? And Moxie says, oh, ah, yeah, definitely. Give me Saint-Tropez any time. So Dennis has got dressed and he comes out the villa. And, um, and, and he says, right, Vicky, we're ready. And he, she, he says, uh, and she says, right. And she goes, well, I'll, uh, we'll go in my car as I've got the top down. And Christine says, well, that dress is very nice and very cool. And again, Christine commenting on what Vicky is wearing. She makes a habit of, yeah. uh, like, I'm sure it's like, you know, 
It's snipey. It's like typical female to female, snipey little backhanded bitchy compliments. Mm. She's like, well, that dress is nice and cool. And basically it's because it's see-through. You can see her knickers. Yeah, yeah. And um, she goes, yes, sir. She goes, well, I'll take you to this boutique after. And, uh, and Dennis makes it, and he says, well, we better take two, two motors then. Says, right, lads, see you in a bit. Stick in. And, um, and Wayne says, where are they off to? And he says, they've gone to pick up some tiles. Moxie says, they've gone to pick up some tiles. And then the baby cries. So Neville says, excuse me, lads, I won't be a minute. And, um, and Oz says, I'll say one thing for all Marjorie. She never wanted to be that close to me work. He says, here, Barry, why, do, why didn't you get Hazel up here on the job with you? That then you could sort out your private life and cut cable at the same time. So Oz is having a bit of a jive at Neville there, I think. And um, and Barry says, I like my private life to remain private. Thank you very much. And Wayne says, we await developments with bated breath. So we cut to the inside of the villa and Neville is speaking to Brenda and he's obviously inquiring about... Um, uh, the, the the baby and he says is she okay yeah. and she goes aha that's that you know what that is such a jody expression that aha like aha yeah. aha mm -hmm, like that was like you hear my used to hear my mother on the phone to her mates when yeah, we were yeah. kids and she'd be like mm -hmm, aha mm -hmm, aha mm -hmm. like have a full-blown conversation like that <laughs> and um she goes aha i've quieted her down poor pet and Neville says, well, look, if our temperature's not down by tomorrow, um, we've got to get the doctor in. And then she go, then this is the, 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 the most ironic thing and, and strange thing. So Brenda, who is, you know, a nurse and nurse, yeah. in the hospital, and her partner, her, her badminton partner was Dr. Ali, like was Ali whatever, yeah. some Egyptian doctor. She goes, I don't know, devil. I don't know, Neville. I hate the thought of foreign doctors. I mean, at least when, and then at least she goes, at least when we're at home, we can go around the corner and see Dr. Amrit Raj. <laughs> like foreign doctors, but Dr. Amrit Raj in Newcastle is okay. Uh -huh. and, uh, and he says, well, I think it's a combination of just them mosquito bites and too much sun on the beach yesterday. And says, yeah, probably right. Because listen, I've got to get back to the lads. You just stop in here today. She goes, well, what else? What else? She goes, well, I haven't, uh, I haven't got, uh, she goes, and um, she goes, well, I've got to, haven't I? She says, well, you could, uh, she goes, well, I could keep an eye on her if you want, and you could go down the port. She goes, oh, Neville Pet, it wouldn't look right. You've got your job to do. And he says, it's ironical, ironical. Ironical. I don't even think it's a real word. Ironical, isn't it? Here, here's us, we've got a luxury villa, and I'm outside laying bricks, and you're stuck indoors watching Spanish telly. So... We cut to the tile shop, and um, Vicky, and this, uh, so this is the, the scene where Leslie St. John said was a favourite part, going out to the tile shop. And um, so Vicky, Christine and Dennis are looking at tiles, and Vicky says, which one do you think, Chris? And she goes, well, it's your villa after all, Vicky. And again, quite condescending the way that she says it. Yeah. And he says, oh, I know, but you've got a flair for this sort of thing. And that's what I wanted you to, that's why I wanted you to come. And, um, and the, 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 the Spanish, the salesman, he says, es doble más caro que este. Oh. Says, that one costs twice as much as the other. 
And um, and for some reason, Christine is all of a sudden fluent in Spanish. He says, what's he saying? And she says, that one's twice as expensive as that one. And Dennis says, there's plenty more to choose from. You know? And she says, no, no, my mind's made up. It's between these two. And Christine says, well, if it was up to me, I'd go for this one, the more traditional design, but that is the expensive one. And Vicky says, well, I'm not bothered about that. I mean, it's Ali's money. And Dennis says, well, that's the one then, is it? She goes, I am adamant I will have that one. And Dennis says, right, I'll do the business, okay? And he goes inside with the tile shop man. And then um, and then Vicky says, I wonder if you should tile the barbecue area. What do you think? And she goes, I don't know, Vicky. I, I really don't know. But I'm sure the villa is going to be absolutely exquisite once it's finished. Again, a bit condescending and a bit sarcastic. And so Vicky's, you know, you can see she's a bit down and she's like, mm. And she goes, you don't sound very enthusiastic. And she goes, oh, it'll be all right if it was just for the odd week. She goes, what do you mean? She goes, oh, and then she she breaks and she turns around and she's like, oh, Chris, I've got nobody to confide in. That's why I'm pleased you're here. I mean, Ali never tells me anything, but I can even, but even I can put two and two together. He's been really touchy recently and there's been all these late night phone calls and now his solicitor has turned up and you can bet Hallwood's not down here for a time. She says, what are you saying, Vicky? And she says, I'm saying we might be down here for good. And I mean, like, it, even if Ali Fraser is going to live in exile, it doesn't mean she yeah. can't go back. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, um, and Christine says, oh, well, if it does come to that, there are worse places to live. And she says, I and I, it's got everything. I mean, the climate in the Mediterranean, and we'll get all the English television flown over on video. But Chris, uh, and this is a fantastic line in the way it's delivered. She yeah. goes, Chris, I'd die if I thought I was never going to see Newcastle again. Again, <laughs> you know, does have the ability to fly back herself. She's not being charged with any uh, any uh, any crimes. So, mm. so we go back. We cut back to the pool, and um, and they've finished for the day. And, and Dennis says, "Right, lads, let's knock it on the head." And they're discussing their evening. And Wayne says, right, who's by the casino tonight then, eh? And Bomber's, Bomber's on. A lot of female yeah. tourists down the casino. And Moxie's like, yeah, I'm on. I mean, looks got to change sometime. And Wayne says, are you coming, Barry? Or is it dinner for do with you and Hazel? He says, it is, as a matter of fact. I managed to book a table at that place in the port. You know the one that's in all the guides. You know where all the rich people off the yachts go. And Oz says, well, if that doesn't do it, now will. And then Barry, you know, basically they're walking, they're walking down the thing and he, he pulls him aside. He's like, Oz, Oz. He goes, yeah. And he says, Oz, he goes, look, I'm sorry about the French trip, mate. He says, ah, that's all. We forget about it. Actually, I'm thinking of going to Ibiza. And he says, hey, he says, aye, well, I've got a couple of mates doing there and they, uh, they, they, claim it, they, they claim it's paradise. He says, you're either pissed out your brains or stoned out your skull for 24, <laughs> for 24 hours, apparently. And the totty, they reckon that there's that much floating about on the beach that you that you can out your mind with choice. So that sounds just like the sort of place for a bit of recuperation after this lot. So Oz definitely likes the sound of Ibiza. And Barry says, obviously, Hazel coming over has put a whole new complexion on our relationship. Like, wonderful. I didn't ask her. I didn't beg her or nothing. She came to me. And he says, I what, paying her own fare? And he says, yeah, yeah, he says, that, he says, that's bound to tell you something, that is, you know. And I says, I tells me she's got more <laughs> than three. 
Right. So Oz puts the Oz puts the dampener, the, the, the negative slant on it straight away. And he says, Oh, don't put the mockers on it, Oz. He says, You know how much she means to me. Like if it wasn't for Hazel Redfern, none of us look would have got back together, would we? We wouldn't be here. And he says, No, nah, true, true. And he goes, and then so Oz is drinking the bottle. And he goes, Yeah. And he hands the bottle to Barry. And I mean, like the most for one sip. Yeah, the most just be the dregs. And Barry goes, cheers. And he takes a sip and then Oz just grabs it straight back. Proper, um, yeah, proper, not very generous at all. And then, uh, and, and he says, it seems eons ago, doesn't it? When we were all reunited to renovate my love nest. And he says, oh, I, he says, um, he says, uh, he says, did a sound job of that plumbing, didn't we? And he says, uh, yeah, he says, I'll tell you. He says, I'll tell you, your labour won't be in vain, mate. Just feel we're so much more optimistic. I'm, I'm just feel so much more optimistic about our future now. And he says, mind, I still say we should have put a bigger boiler in. Like anyway, so we cut to the inside of the villa, and uh, Brenda's laying the table, and Christine enters, and she says, "Hi, Brenda. Hi." And says, "How's Debbie?" And says, "All oh, right, it's rain now." And she is she all oh, good? Says she's playing with Neville, and Dennis is in the shower. And Christine says, if you like, I'll look after her tomorrow. You can have a day out with Hazel. I've just seen her down the port and she's at a bit of a loose end. And she says, I couldn't ask you, pet. And she says, no, really, I enjoyed. She's a lovely little girl and I'm sure she'd be all right with me. In any case, it'll give me and give me a break from Vicky. And again, you know, we see the. She's, she's not, uh, I don't think Vicky's, we can obviously see that Vicky isn't Christine's favourite person. And she goes, I thought you two got on. She goes, oh, we do. It's just it's a bit depressing going around all these expensive boutiques helping her choose the latest in Italian swimwear. She goes, God, you wouldn't believe the prices. And uh, she goes, I, she, she goes, she, she wants for nothing. And she goes, maybe, she goes, she's terribly generous. I'll say that for her. Look, she bought us one of these each, right? Oh, aren't they disgusting? Those yeah, but she like she goes, she's terribly generous. That's like a like like you know a ten euro, seven <laughs> euro Marbella shirt. Oh, it's awful. Get in one of the cheap tatty tourist shops in on yeah. the front in Marbella. You know, I mean, like I would hardly consider it to one be one of the Africans selling them on the beach. Yeah, yeah, the looky looky men. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would hardly consider it to be terribly generous and um anyway brenda's like oh hey i like that mm. and she go and then christine says something smells good in there she goes i i hope so i'm trying me hand and again i i, I didn't understand what she said she goes i'm trying me hand at czar's whaler uh, uh, you know like uh, some kind of cooking or i don't know i've never heard of it she goes wow look at this she goes, uh, then they must be, uh, she goes, look at this lot, they must be Ali's best. She goes, yes, well, I thought we'd show the lads that we can live as elegantly as anyone around here. See if you can find some candles, Christine. So we cut to the casino. Yeah. And our first interesting cameo. Oh, The croupier. Oh. Now, now, to be honest, I just had a look and I thought, ah, he's a, you know, he's a croupier. But the croupier is played by a man called Ray Marioni. Right. And he has 104 credits on oh. IMDb. 
and his career spanned from 1958 to 2000. Mm. But, interesting fact. Yeah. Ray Marioni must be the go-to croupier for every TV program <laughs> that has ever been made. He can operate a roulette wheel. Ever. Yeah. Right. So out of the 104 credits, yeah? Yeah. Ray Marioni has been a croupier 17 times. <laughs> so basically 15% of his jobs have yeah. been as croupier. Maybe so, that's what he trained as originally. But that, I would, that's what I was actually trying to find, but there was no information. Yeah. So 104 credits, um, including a, some show called Compact Croupier, some show called Len, is it Londoners Croupier, that Riviera Touch Croupier, Mickey Dunn Croupier. He was on Doctor Who, The Saint, Budgie, as a croupier, croupier. <laughs> the man with the golden gun, some program called Thriller, as a croupier, some program called The Expert, as a croupier. He was in Mind Your Language. He was in a program called Lily, as a croupier. He was in The Professionals. He was in Duty Free, as a croupier. croupier. He was in Grange Hill. He was in a program called The Bretts, as a croupier. He was in a program called The Revenue Men, as a croupier. He was oh. in something called Here We Go Around the Mulberry Bush as a croupier. He was in The File of the Golden Goose as a croupier. Fraud Squad, croupier. Between the Stars, <laughs> Between the Wars, croupier. The Palisades, croupier. Top Secret Life of Edgar Briggs, croupier. So, I obviously he hasn't worked for the last 21 years, but if at some point between 1958 and the, and the year 2000, you needed a croupier. Ray was, man. was the fucking man to play that. So big up, big shout out to the king of the croupiers, Ray Marioni. So the king of the croupiers, uh, they're all playing roulette. He says, no more bets, no mas puestas. And Barry comes up, he says, yes. He goes, wait a minute, Barry. And he goes, 27 red, the rojo. And he says, do you know that restaurant I was telling you about? The one in the port, the one that was so difficult to get into. He says, well, we can't get into it. So Hazel has obviously been playing roulette and blowing the table time. <laughs> and he says, they gave the table away and they can't guarantee another one till next August. And she says, I'll be just as happy with a sandwich. Could you get me another tequila sunrise, please? And he says, all right, what's got into you is? And she goes, oh, I love this, Barry. The atmosphere, the click of the chips. The, the click of the chips. <laughs> the click of the chips. The green beers. And then the croupier says, no more bets. And, he, and she goes, it's so romantic. See that man over there with a beard and the blue top. If he loses again, who knows? He might go out onto the balcony and blow his brains out. <laughs> And she says, uh, and he says, how much have you lost? And then he says, and the croupier says, four black, cuatro negro. And she says, I'm about 150 up. And he goes, pesetas. And she goes, pounds. And he goes, pounds? Blimey, you've almost paid for your airfare. So if, uh, if in 1986, 
Mm. An air f- a flight to Spain was £150. That would probably be the equivalent of around £500 now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, airfares obviously weren't cheap before the... Uh, yeah, I can't. Know, I mean, I flew to Spain in the 80s, but I can't remember. Well, I think if you would go on a package deal, it was obviously a lot cheaper. Mm. Hence the hence the, 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 the birth of the package holiday. Yeah, yeah. You know? I actually used the airline that a couple of times that's featured. What, Orion? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I flew Orion a couple of times. Yeah. I'm sure my mother probably did. I'm sure we may well have done our car, remember. But yeah, it might have been when I was a kid. So anyway, we cut to the blackjack table. Uh, and uh, My and, game. And Bomber pulls a blackjack. And he's got a big smile. Anyway, Moxie comes over and he goes, hey, Bomb, how's it going? He says, I'm holding me own. He says, guess what? He says, what? He says, Wayne, he's chatting up Vicky. And Bomber's like, where? He says, down by the bar, trying to get a drink just now. And I copped some of the dialogue he was giving her. And he says, like, what? And then Moxie does a cockney, a, a fantastic impression of Wayne. He says, like, he goes, I suppose with Ellie being such a workaholic, a girl like you gets neglected in certain areas. Ugh. And Bomber says, that subtle, was it? He says, yes. He says, it's not in our interests to have Wayne pestering Ali's lady. But and Bomber stands up and he goes, Bomber better deal with it. Take my hand over and be steady. And, uh, and Moxie says, you can't talk to him, you know. And he says, I won't try. So Bomber walks towards the bar and he sees Wayne and Vicky. And obviously, as we know, um, uh, this yeah. was back. This was actually well, what we find out from Leslie in the interview is this was in a bar in Nottingham. Ah. And um, so obviously, unfortunately, by then, Gary had passed away. Um, so this is a stand-in. And uh, so Bomber um, uh, sees us and he says, look at the dirty dog. And Oz says, hey, he says, I... He says, I never give, he never gives it a rest, man, does he? He's like one of them little wirehead terriers, he, you know, what keeps humping, humping away at your leg. <laughs> and he goes, I'll cure him. And um, so Bomber goes up and he goes, off limits, boyo. And Bomber picks him up and shoulder presses him above his head. And then obviously this is way, and, and, and this is um, a line which is obviously recycled. You can, you, can, you can tell it's been inserted, can't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, just... Yeah. It's not, it's totally, you know, it's totally out of context, isn't it? Yeah. And it, it's, it's a recycled line. I think yeah, it yeah, yeah. can be recycled from, uh, from the first series. And he says, hold on, what am I supposed to do then, eh? Anyway, so um, uh, Barry approaches, we cut back to the, the, the blackjack table and Barry's approaching Moxie. And, uh, and Barry says, I don't know what's come over her. And he says, who? And he says, Hazel, I've never seen her like this before. She's getting really carried away. And Moxie's all chilled out again. She's on her holidays, Barry. And he says, I've been on holiday with her before, Moxie, and this isn't unwinding. This is reckless abandonment. She just put the down payment on a three-piece suite on Red 11. And Moxie quite rightly points out, he says, well, you're not married yet, are you? It's her money, you know, not your settee. And then he says, and he, he, he draws another card uh, for, for Blackjack, and he says, do you want to sit down? And Barry's like scared. He's like, no, thank you very much. So anyway, again, we see the little glimmer here of, a, of, of the little sparks of a, of a future relationship. Yeah. And Oz approaches the bar and says, San Miguel, please. And then, you know, clearly he's got an agenda and he plays it cool. And he says, hiya. And Vicky says, you lads trying to save us from myself, is it? 
And he goes, eh? And he goes, oh, we And he goes, no, no. He says, we're just now what he's like, man. You know, he can get a bit carried away at times. And Vicky says, ah, he's not so bad. He just saw that I was a bit down in the dumps. That's all. He was offering a bit of friendship and conversation. And then there's a little pause. And, she's just, and then she very, very bluntly says, just his way of trying to get me pants off. And Oz <laughs> is like, oh, Oz is shocked that she would speak in such a fashion. Anyway, so we cut back to the villa. And Dennis has been on the phone to Ali. He puts the phone down and he says, that was Ali. And uh, Christine says, mm, I got that. Says he wants me to go back to the UK. And she goes, what, and walk up the job? He says, no, nah, no, nah, just for a couple of days. Wants me to fly back with Hallwood, bring back some documents for signature. I'm sorry, you're going to be all right. And she goes, yeah, of course I will be. And he says, it's too important for the post, he said. And she goes, look, I don't want to, she goes, I don't like the gossip, but Vicky told me something today what I think you should know. And um, and Dennis is distracted. He says, is this the T-shirt you got off Vicky? Uh-huh. He goes, yes, what do you think? He goes, I think you should take it off. And he throws her down on the bed. He's got a, definitely got another agenda as, uh, as yeah. on Dennis. And she goes, Dennis, this is important. And she goes, what? And she goes, Ali Fraser. I think he might be in some sort of trouble. So we cut to the hotel and Brenda enters the bar at the hotel to see Hazel. And she waves her over and she goes, over here, Brenda. She goes, hello, Hazel. You want a coffee? She goes, I wouldn't mind. Two more, please, Carlo. And Brenda says, wait for me. And uh, Hazel, again, in pidgin Spanish, says, uno con leco. So I don't know what leco means, but leche is milk. <laughs> so I don't know what uh, leco means. Should have looked that up, really. It might mean something completely different. She mm. goes, uno con leco, por favor. And then he actually goes, si, senor. He doesn't say senor, senora or senorita. He goes, si, senor. So that may well um, uh, be a mistake there. But anyway, she goes, oh, she goes, it's me third. I need jump leads to get going this morning. I wasn't in bed till five. And Brenda shocked. She goes, five? How on earth is Barry going to get through work? And she says, well, he bowed out at 10 to 12. He's got this thing about being in bed before midnight. So do I. Well, in fact, I need to be in bed before 11. And um, she says, always has had. I think he's afraid he's going to turn into a pumpkin. Brenda says, where were you? She goes, at the casino. And then she uses Barry's word. She goes, ah, it was busting. I was like a woman possessed. And Brenda's like, gambling and she goes roulette i was on a winning streak and i had to go over the floor didn't i and i felt terrible when i woke up this morning and brenda obviously assumes that she lost and she goes i bet you did but here's the lenses and then i saw the 500 pounds in my handbag and i felt ever so much mm. better and brenda's like 500 pounds mm. and she's like yes so lunch is on me so we then cut to the aeroplane. Orion. The lovely Orion airline, as has been yeah. mentioned. Yeah. And Dennis comes forward from economy into, cl- into business class to see Hallwood. And um, Hallwood is clearly an absolute scumbag. Yeah. I mean, like, he's Ali Fraser's lawyer. And as I think we said before, you know, he's not a criminal lawyer. He's a criminal lawyer. He yeah. is a 
dirty, low-down, backstabbing scumbag would sell his own granny, like just slimy, slimy. Mm. And Dennis says, aye, aye. And he says, oh, hello, Dennis. He goes, I've just wandered up from economy, see how the other half live. And he sits down. And Hallward says, I'm surprised Ali didn't get you a club ticket, Dennis. And he goes, eh. He goes, I'm not. And uh, Hallward tries to make a conversation. He says, Ali says, your lads are doing a great job on the villa. And he says, top rank my team. He says, no question. So Dennis probes for information. He says, so what's all the panic about then? And Hallward realises what's happened. And he gets on the defensive. He's like, panic? Nobody's panicking, Dennis. And he says, he flies me all the way back to Newcastle, leaves the lads unsupervised. And he goes, uh, oh, oh, well, it's a, a papers, you know, Dennis, urgent signatures, you know. And he goes, could they not have waited until he got back? And he goes, well, he doesn't want to break into his holiday, does he? I mean, he's entitled to it after all, you know. And then he changes the subject. He spins it. He goes, how are you enjoying Spain, Dennis? And he goes, uh, it's an education, like. So we cut back to the port. And this is the frontline port of Anus where you and I have spent many oh, yeah. years. And um, Barry and Hazel, uh, Barry, uh, Brenda and Hazel yeah, yeah. are walking along the front. And um, they're doing the typical tourist things. And Hazel says, look, a Rolls Royce. And, um, and uh, then she sees the boat and she says, let's have a photo, Brenda. And then she sits near the boat, but then she goes, wait a minute. And she actually climbs on the boat. And then obviously he's given instructions about the camera. No, 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 you don't have to focus. It's automatic. And she, Brenda says, which one do you press? And she goes, the grey button. And then she says, make sure you get lots of the boat in. And she says, all right. And then uh, they're going to uh, swap over. And Hazel says, I'll take one of you now. And then the man who we discover is Prince Stefano. Yeah. Prince Stefano comes out and he's very, very smooth. And he says, hi, perhaps you would like I take a photograph of you both. And Hazel says, I'm sorry if I was leaning on your boat. He says, of course not. Please come aboard. Come aboard. We take the photo here. And, uh, and Hazel doesn't need asking twice. She says, ah, come on, Brenda. And he says, I am Stefano. He says, Hazel Redfern, this is my friend, Brenda Hawke. And he says, come stay. And, and Brenda all, all of a sudden speaks Italian. And she says, well, thank you. Well, very well, thank you. And, um, and then Prince Stefano says, you want, I take you against the rail. And Hazel, seizing the opportunity for this double entendre, says, any time he likes to Brenda. And she says, you don't have to focus, it's automatic. He goes, ah, good, good, I know this camera. Yes, now, uh, smile, good, good. And then Prince Stefano's companion, Gunther, comes out and speaks German. And he basically says, have we got some guests? And he says, meet my friends, Brenda and uh, Hazel. Yeah, Hazel. And Gunther says, enchanté, Gunther. And Prince Stefano clicks and he says, Aldo. And the waiter appears, says, perhaps you like some champagne. And Brenda's on the defensive. He's like, no, thank you. But at the same time, Hazel, yes, please. And, um, and Prince Stefano says, oh, dear, perhaps you like something else. And Brenda says, I just think it's a little early in the day for me. And he goes, and Prince Stefano says, early. And he grabs Hazel's watch. He goes, ah, yes, you see, in Hong Kong, they are already <laughs> having dinner. It's always five o'clock somewhere, isn't it, George? Oh, yes. And so Hazel encourages, and she says, come on, Brenda, where, 
we're, um, we're in no mad rush. And she goes, well, yes, it will be nice. So good. First we put out to sea, then we meet some friends, and then we have lunch, and then we catch the... Uh, and he, he says something in Italian. He goes, uh, Sebas, Aldo, very good cook. And he, 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 um, he kisses his fingers and he says, tasty dishes. And Gunter says, you join us. And again, Hazel needs no encouragement. No. We'd love to. And, and Brenda's like, we can't. And Hazel says, why? Wouldn't you rather go on a beautiful boat and walk around the streets like typical English tourists? And Brenda says, well, ask him what time we'll be back. Like, she's sitting next to him. She's like, ask him, ask him. And, um, and he says, excuse me, am I right in thinking, are you English? Mm. I mean, like, you know, you should be a detective there, Prince Stefano. <laughs> and he says, see. And he goes, ah, you speak Italian. Good, I promise you, we will have you back in time for tea. Tea for two. Ah, tea for four. Ah, so... Prince Stefano is uh, working his magic on the mm. girls. Yeah, he's a good actor, that guy. He was, he, he was in Blake Seven, one of my favourite uh, well, sci-fi shows from the 70s. Absolutely so. Prince Stefano, played by Stephen Grief. And 132 credits yeah, yeah. on IMDb. Yeah, he's been around. And is still working... Oh. To this day. So his career started in 1967. Mm. Um, he was in No Sex, Please, We're British. Yeah. Which was obviously the, the play on words for No Sex, Please, We're Britties. Yeah, um, yeah. Dixon of Doc Green, Blake Seven, oh. as you mentioned. Remember Dixon of Doc Green well. Yeah. yeah. Citizen Smith, Only When I Laugh, Minder, The Professionals, Dempsey and Makepeace. Oh. Episode of Boone, which ah. is, you know, the rite of passage. EastEnders, Holby City, Doctor Who, Spooks, Coronation Street, The Crown. Like I say, 132 credits. Mm. And I think, again, you know, one of those actors that if there is a token Italian needed for yeah. a programme, he is the man that they... As opposed to a croupier. Yeah. yeah, exactly, as opposed to a token croupier. So, we uh, cut and see that uh, Ali Fraser and Kenny Ames are having a bit of a chat. And uh, Ali's obviously nervous, and, he, and Kenny says, and Ali's having a strong drink, and he says, triple brandies, you must be bloody nervous, son. And Ali Fraser says, I sense the solids are about to hit the air conditioning, Kenny. <laughs> Broad squad, revenue, Her Majesty's customs and excise. And he says, ah, they could be trying to brace me. Says, but better, maybe better if I go over and tough it out. And Kenny says, but, and he says, just a few too many um, ponderables, Kenny. Probably better if I just stick around here for a wee while and see which way the wind blows. And he says, yeah, well, if you want to buy some time down here, son, you're going to have to get some readies. And if the law are already onto you, they'll have your bank manager in tow and you won't be able to transfer any cash down here. And Ali says, I've been around the block. So he says, yeah, but the sort of person you want to deal with round here won't take your Barclay card. And he says, I'm having cash flown in. And Kenny makes a joke. He says, what by carrier pigeon? Ha <laughs> ha. He goes, uh -huh. he, won't, he, won't, he won't half get bleeding tired flying across those Pyrenees. And he says, Dennis is bringing in. He says, who, your gaffer? He goes, you must trust him. 
And then Ali Fraser on the sly, as we all know, he says he does. Yeah. No. <laughs> so the um, we cut back to the lads at work on the site in the in the villa. And um <clears throat> And, Actually, uh, I thought Barry was sitting on the toilet in the first sort of snap <laughs> of this, but I think he's just sitting the by the pool, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's got, and he's got a brolly in that to keep the sun off him. So yeah. anyway, Neville, he's talking, he says, I envy Den me at this moment. You'd be sitting in an English pub murdering an English pint. And Moxie quite rightly points out, he says, you're a strange bloke you are now. Ever since I've known you, you've always wanted to be someplace else. He goes, there's people down here paid a fortune to enjoy this hot Spanish sunshine. And Mama says, yeah, well, he'd rather be drinking warm ale in some warm ale in some monkey pub in Gateshead. And Moxie says, yeah, but if he was there, he'd wish he was here. And Wayne is obviously still upset about the previous night. He goes, I reckon that bomber's on Ali's payroll, acting like a nap, acting like my naffin chaperone. I was on with that Vicky last night. I'm sure I was. And Oz says, look, obviously the lass has problems, Reed. Obviously she's vulnerable at this point in time, even to your transparent overtures. But it's not going to do us much good, is it? And it's not going to do the lass much good if he leap on our bones. And he says, oh, I see. So you've joined the moral majority, have you? And, he, and Oz, again, quite rightly says, what is it with you, eh? He, and I mean, your nuts are not, not going to go and rusty doing here, are they? I mean, <laughs> Spanish boilers, French tarts, German tarts, Swedish tarts, Danish tarts, British tarts. Because, I mean, from Malaga to Gibraltar, it's wall-to-wall toddy. So why, Vicky, eh? He goes, is it the danger? He goes, does the thought of getting your knee shattered give you a great big bonk on or, or something? <laughs> what a fantastic line. And um, and so Neville gets up and he says, right, lads, shouldn't we be getting back to work? And Mox says, what's all this? Are you deputy gaffer or what? And Neville says, no, it's just if we're starting a bit early, we can finish a bit early and get a few jars in. And Moxie says, oh, right. And he likes the sound of that idea. And so they all stand up. And Barry says, well, by the way, the drinks are on his tonight. She asked me to ask you to join us for cocktails at the Hollywood bar in the port. And Moxie says, oh, well done, Barry. You cracked it then. What a strike, kid. And he says, what are you talking about? And obviously Moxie assumes that this is the announcement of the engagement. Mm. And he says, Barry and Hazel invite us for cocktails. If you know any just cause or uh, cause or just impediment, you are ye are here to declare it. And he makes a joke. He says, get off, Moxie. And he says, Wayne says, don't be coy, son. An announcement is obviously imminent. And Neville says, yeah, good lad, Barry. Have you got a date yet? And he says, look, I'm not getting engaged, right? It's just that Hazel won some money in the casino last night and she wants us to celebrate. And Oz says, how much? And he goes, uh, 500 pounds or thereabouts. And Bomber is very impressed with this. And he says, blow me. She's an heiress. I <laughs> shut the gate on that one if I were you. So, for, I'm sure this is one of your favourite scenes, George. Oh, so, in the hotel room. Yeah, so Brenda and Hazel oh. are in the hotel room and the delectable Brenda... In a very small white bra. ...is in nothing but a bra. I'm sure that that was one of your favourites. And yeah, yeah. Hazel is making a... Um, is making an impression of, of Prince Devonish. goes, you English girls, I love so much the touch of your skin. And, and Brenda's like, get off, man. And she goes, you come into my engine room and I show you my pee. Pee stone. <laughs> ah. 
And she goes, and I said to him, I said, I said, Stefano, we may be three miles out, but that doesn't give you territorial rights. And Brenna says, look, how are you, man? I'm getting dressed. The lads will be back any minute now. And uh, she goes, mind you, that Gunter was very attractive, wasn't he? He said he was an actor. And Brenda says, well, I'm, he must be a German actor because I've never seen him. She goes, well, you wouldn't get anyone that tasty on Emmerdale Farm, would you? For I, and she goes, uh, can I borrow your eyeliner? And she goes, yeah, there, thank you. She goes, listen. And Brenda says, and again, Brenda's stood up, bangers out, basically. Mm. And she says, listen, I don't think I ought to tell Neville about what went on today, all right? And she goes, I know exactly what Barry would say if I told him I'd been drinking champagne on millionaire Playboy yachts. She goes, what? And she did a Barry impression. She goes, you live in a fantasy world, you do highs. So um, they, um, uh, they have a little bit of a laugh at Barry's expense there. So we cut back to where in Newcastle, back, back in Newcastle, inside Hallwood, the scumbag's office. Mm. So Hallwood, the scumbag, says, everywhere there's a red cross is where he's got to sign, okay? Dennis, and he goes, right, and he says, the other stuff here is just for information. And Dennis says, right. He says, okay, Ty, he says, right, I better shift myself. I've got to get to the airport. And just as he's walking out, uh, the worst bit one of One more acting, thing. <laughs> worst bit of acting. Yeah, he, yeah. Does, he does a Columbo on him. He's yeah, like, yeah. oh, Dennis, I nearly forgot. Uh, will you uh, take that back for Ali, will you? And it's a big suitcase by the door. And he says, what is it? He goes, oh, it's just some spare clothes he needs. Now he's staying down there a bit longer. And Dennis doesn't question it straight ahead. He just says, right, OK, draw then. And, um, and, as, he's, uh, and as he's walking out, he goes, uh, cheers, Dennis. And I've written down here, I've just written smarmy cunt. Yeah, he's smiling, smarmy smile, yeah. And smug. He's got a smug, like he thinks he's so clever. And he thinks yeah. that Dennis, he thinks he's just pulled the wool over Dennis's eyes. But little does he know. So um, we cut back to Spain. And this is everyone's in the Hollywood bar at the port. And they're all round the table having a drink. And Bomber says, here's to Hazel. And Oz says, oh, I cheers, pet. Thank you very much. Is a Hollywood bar, is it? Is it a real bar? Or do you think, I, I can't I, remember. I don't. I, to be honest, I, I can't remember. I think yeah. if it is, it might have changed its name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah. Or, um, oh, I, I don't know. Or was it, it, it? Was that what might have been Sinatra's at a later date? I can't. I genuinely. Yeah, that was further down, wasn't it? I mean, no, yeah. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Maybe we want. We probably wandered in there at some point. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Um, if it's on, if, well, it's on the front of the port. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's. A, I think it might be what might be the uh, the post office. Uh, or now I don't know but um, so um, so Barry putting the dampeners on he says you'll never be that lucky again to make the most of it and he says oh we were quite lucky today and Hazel says oh we were quite lucky today though weren't we Brenda and um, and Neville he goes why what did you do like and she goes oh nothing we just enjoyed ourselves and Barry says well we're not going gambling again tonight we'll have a nice meal a quiet one okay would you like to, and then he says to Brenda and Neville, would you like to join us? And Brenda says, no, we've got to get back. Christine has had the bear all day. And Oz says, well, if I was you, Hazel, I'd get myself back to the casino tonight and ride your luck. 
And Barry's like, don't encourage her anymore, Oz, please. He goes, well, it's all relative, isn't it? He says, I mind 500 nicker. Sounds like a lot of dough, but stick it all on one number and it comes up, talking about a tidy sum there, son. And Hazel is like, you piqued her, he's piqued her interest. And he says, how much would it be? And he says, uh, 500, uh, 35, 17 off, 80, 18 grand with your steak. And, um, and Barry's like, don't even think about it. And, and Moxie says, yeah, but that's relative and low, isn't it? I mean, 18 grand down here, I'd probably only buy you half a match to point at a boat. And I says, well, fair enough, leave it on, let it ride. And if it comes up, you're talking about Varnai, three quarters of a million. And Wayne's like, oh, now, hold on. That is significant. That could change your life, change your own life. That could easel, but would you be happy? And she's like, definitely. Mama says, I've got nothing against money per se. I just think I like my money to be earned by hard graft. Sorry, that's Barry. And Bomber says, me too. Two hours toil on a Tuesday on the pools, get eight score draws come up. Talking about the old football pools. And, um, and Barry says, how did all these people get all this money? And Oz is like, not by honest graft. I can guarantee you that. Half of them bastards out there are probably either embezzlers, arms dealers, or bloody drug smugglers. And Barry says, you don't know that, Oz. And he says, ah, nah, ah, nah. He goes, I bet me bollocks on it. He says, now look at, the, now look at them two there. Ponson doing the quayside, right? He goes, they've just got off a boat about the size of a cross-channel ferry. Didn't they think that from 30, I didn't think they got that from 30 years of clagging vinyl roofing on cars, do you? And as it turns out, it is uh, Prince Stefano, Stefano and Gunter. And mm. Prince Stefano comes over and he's like, Brenda, Hazel, come star. And <laughs> Gunter drops her right and he says, you left your sunglasses this afternoon. And, uh, and Brenda's like, um, Neville, Bomber, Wayne, Moxie, <laughs> I don't believe you know Gunter and Prince Stefano. And Prince Stefano's like, ciao. So we cut back to Newcastle Airport and Dennis is at the check-in. Yeah, um, Orion. <laughs> again, Orion Airlines. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the check-in lady says, have we got your tickets? And then a customs officer appears and says, Mr. Patterson. So the customs officer is played by a guy called Gary Catlin or Caitlin, who's got 10 credits on IMDb, uh, but including Spender and Crocodile Shoes. Wow. So he's of probably, course. Yeah. probably a mate of Jimmy Nails somewhere along the line. So, and he says, he says, Mr. Patterson, he says, I, he says, I wonder if you'd like to come with me, please, sir. He goes, who are you? He goes, customs. He goes, customs. He goes, I'm on my way out, man. He goes, this way, please. So we then cut to the other end and we're at Malaga <laughs> and Ali is waiting. A very and, uh, pissed off Ali, yeah. Yes, and he's not happy at all, is he? So he calls the guy over and he says, Senor, he goes, is that everybody off the flight from Newcastle? And he goes, eh? And he goes, and he speaks Spanish. He goes, ah, la salida, por los pasareros de Newcastle. Something along those lines. My Spanish isn't that good. And he goes, si, senor. And Ali, as you've said, George, is not a happy camper. Mm. So Neville and Brenda are in the bedroom. We're cut to the villa. And Neville is rubbing lotion into Brenda. And he goes, oh, hi, you really did get burned on that boat, didn't you? 
Mm. And um, he doesn't seem that that pissed off, really, does he, Neville? Well, I mean, he obviously, you know, he obviously trusts Brenda. Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, not as pissed off as Barry is when we when we find out. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, I know you don't notice it when you're on when you're at when you're at sea with the breeze, and um, and then he says, "I know." He goes, "I was the same that week." I spe-, he goes, "I was the same." Uh, uh, he goes, "That week I spent on," and he says, "Khashoggi's yacht." I don't know who that's <laughs> supposed to be. Oh. No, I thought you might be no. George. No. no, no. Anyway. And she goes, you know, I didn't want to go, Neville. It was Hazel's idea. And he says, you'd have been mad not to pet. And she goes, well, anyway, at least we, we, we've got an excuse to go back. That's why I left me sunglasses there. Shall I take you next time, shall I? And he goes, oh, I can see them putting the welcome mat out for me unless they want the deck swabbed like. And she goes, I'm, sh- I'm not sure I'd want you there. It was full of beautiful women, Swedish types. He goes, oh, I, do you reckon he's really a prince? And she goes, aye, she says he is. She goes, there was a coat of arms in his wheelhouse. And he goes, well, there's a coat of arms above the bar and the fat ox. Doesn't mean <laughs> Alf Tonks is in line for the throne. The good um, old fat ox. Yeah. And he gives her a slap on the shoulders and he says, there you go, pet. And uh, she goes, anyway, there's all sorts of counts and princes in Italy. And he says, oh, then she goes, yes, two a penny out there. It's not like having an English title, you know. And he goes, hey, well, listen, I hope Hazel's, um, um, he goes, I hope Hazel's photos come out. Because either otherwise your mom will never believe it. She goes, hey, man, she's a funny girl, that Hazel. Talk about hidden depths. I'll tell you one thing, Barry's got his hands full. And, um, and uh, with that, we cut to the hotel bar. And mm. Barry is drunk. He's had a few. Belligerent, <laughs> to say the least. He is not a happy Camper, and so the, and the waiter is bearing the brunt, and he yeah. says, "Are you finished?" He goes, "No, I'm not." As a matter of fact, I'd like another fundador and another cappuccino, por favor. And he and he goes to do the bidding. <laughs> oh, excuse me, Christ! And um, and Hazel is basically Hazel appears to be taking the piss, and she goes, "It's way past your bedtime, Barry." And he says, "Well, there's still a lot of things need to be resolved." Hazel. And she goes, I've told you nothing happened. Prince Stefano is a perfect gentleman, which is what I'd expect from royal blood. And again, she's like rubbing it in and basically being a bit of bit cunty about it, you know what I mean? Uh, and, um, and, and Barry says, you told me that he asked you to go to Sardinia for a fortnight. And again, you know, she's even like talking like she's contemplating doing it. Uh, so it would have been a lot of us going there. Wouldn't Would have been a crowd of us and Barry says, look, Hazel, if that's the sort of life you want, right, you better get after it. I'll tell you, sitting around the Mediterranean, sipping champagne and scuba diving is not real. You'd just be a bloody plaything to him. He'd dump you in Corsica with no ticket back. And you can see Barry's very, very upset. Yeah. He's like, I'm real. I'm real and I've got feelings. And I tell you, they're very, very bruised. He goes, you made a laughing stock of me in front of me mates. They've watched me suffering while you pillaxed me around, making <laughs> your mind up. Pillaxed, I love that. Making your mind up what you want out of life. Well, I'm sick of your evasiveness, and I'm sick of your procrastination. And the waiter says, will that be all, senor? He drops, and, he, and Barry says, no! <laughs> and he decks his drink, he goes, I'd like another, por favor. And this is, you know, Hazel again. So 
in the last episode when she thought Barry was a Barry was a was a bank robber, like she was straight on the plane. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out he's not, and she started treating him like shit. And then all of a sudden, Barry's shouting and screaming at her, and she yeah. perks up and starts paying attention. She goes, why have you never been like this before, Barry? He goes, probably because I've never been so pillaxed around before. She goes, you're so assertive and decisive. That's what I need in a man, because I'm one of nature's vacillati- vacillati- vacillators. Mm-hmm. And he goes, right, right, if it's decisiveness you want, we're going to get married, Hazel Redfern. And I don't mean a prolonged engagement with announcements in the Express and Star. I mean here, next bloody week. And she goes, oh, all right. And then Barry shits himself. He goes, sorry. She goes, I accept. We'll get married. <laughs> It'll be ever so romantic. And Barry tries backpedaling a bit. He goes, oh, well, it doesn't have to be here. And she goes, it's perfect. And he goes, what about your folks? What about me mother with her hip? And cousin Nora and Auntie Mabel and the twins. And, her? and she goes, uh-huh. scud a lot of them. Oh, look, I don't want a conventional wedding like all our friends. I don't want an accordion player and prone bolivants in the Bridge Street assembly rooms. Shouldn't we? And he says, shouldn't we review this in the morning? She goes, oh, no. She goes, don't back down now, Barry. She goes, not now. He goes, I'm not. And he's a bit shaky. He goes, no, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm just, just as long as you're serious. And she goes, absolutely and they kiss, and she goes, first thing in the morning, I'll tell Prince Stefano that Sardinia is out the question. And Barry looks pretty worried. Now, the radish. So, here we get a bit of a bomb drop. So, we we find out that we're in a bar that is out of town. Yeah. It's off the beaten track. And Bomber enters with a very, very small, very small, very, I yeah. must say. I mean, yes, she's uh, she obviously has a thing for the larger gentleman, and um, and yes, yeah, so Bomber enters with a very delectable young lady in tow, yeah. and he, so he approaches the bar, and who does he see but young Vicky? Vicky. <laughs> so he, he approaches and he goes, "Hello, Vicky," and obviously Vicky looks up, and you can see the shock on her face. And he goes, uh, and she's like, oh, uh, hello, Bomber. And he says, never been in this one before. And she goes, uh, no, uh, it's a bit more select. And he goes, uh, and he, he goes, ah, can I get you a drink? And she goes, no, thanks, I've got one. And he, and he looks down and there's a, there's a beer and a brandy on the bar. And he says, I see you're not alone. And she goes, uh, and she's obviously very, she, you know, she's been caught out. And she's like, uh, no. And he goes, wouldn't be anyone I know, would it? And she goes, uh, uh, it is actually, yeah. And, uh, you know, trying to play it all down and giving it this. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, and Bomber says, well, look, because I know it's none of my business, and I mean, I'm not one for bad-mouthing my mates, but where the ladies are concerned, that wins nothing but bad news. And she goes, well, um, I'll bear that in mind. And then as she says that, Oz comes out of the toilet in his famous blue suit. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, no, he's not. He's got um, he's got no. It's not. He's he hasn't got his blue oh, suit on there. He's got his cardigan and his holy pants. Oh right, right, right. Well, maybe that was an earlier. Or scene. he's got his. Yeah. He's definitely got his holy pants on because I wrote it down. So anyway, so Oz comes out and he goes, uh, "Evening," and then obviously the penny drops with Bomber, and there's a big smile appears across Bomber's face. And he says to her, he goes, I thought you said nobody knew in this place. And she goes, I didn't think they did. And Bomber says, well, 
this really is a turn up for the books. And Oz is like, aye, well, let's keep it, let's keep the lid on it, shall we? And Bar says, my lips are sealed. And, uh, and then she says, have you got any warnings to give us about him? And Bar <laughs> says, Oz, he's a prince among men. <laughs> but yeah, so if you see, like, the contrast, so Vicky is in her best frock, dripping yeah. with diamonds, yeah? yeah? Super, super gorgeous and glamorous. And Oz has got his jeans on with the holes just on uh. the arse cheeks and that. So he's, um, he's, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, but he's, he, you know, he's made, he's made an effort. He's not, in, he hasn't got his brown leather jacket on that he works in. So he's, that's as dolled up as Oz gets. Anyway, so um, we cut to the Marbella Club and, um, and Ali Fraser's uh, on the phone, um, as we sharp find out, he's, uh, he's on the phone to Malcolm Hallwood because Dennis hasn't turned up with his yeah. documents. And, um, and he's shouting down the phone. He's like, well, tell Baz to look for Dennis's mother's house. Check out his friends, his neighbours. And then Vicky comes out and says, can I take the car, Ali? And he goes, just take whatever you like. Just get lost, will you? And obviously, this is another nail in the coffin of their relationship, the way that he speaks to her. She yeah. can see that she's very, very upset. And, um, and as she's walking out the hotel uh, suite door, um, Dennis enters. And, uh, and Hallwood, the scumbag, he's, uh, again, slimy as fuck. He's like, Ali, Ali, Dennis is a family man. He has kids here. He's not going to do a runner with your money. Don't panic. So, I mean, you know, this is a lawyer that's essentially condoning, yeah. you know, the threatening of violence to children. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, what a shithouse. And, <laughs> um, and he's like, don't tell me not to panic, pal. If Dennis has picked up the airport, then it's my nuts that are in the ringer. And Dennis walks in. He says, good morning. He says, where in Jesus' name have you been? He goes, I got the first flight out this morning. He goes, oh, you did, did you? What, you had a night on the town? I've been down all, been, been at the airport for two hours while you're doing the strip clubs of Soho. And Dennis, quite aggressively, comes back. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, I was detained by two gentlemen of the customs. And this puts the shits up. Ali Fraser, he says, you were? He goes, did they give you a good going over, Dennis? He goes, oh, I they certainly did, yeah. And he goes... He goes, well, what did, it, what did they say? And then Dennis lets him off and he goes, well, eventually they said, we're very sorry you've been inconvenienced, Mr. Patterson. And uh, Ali Fraser laughs. He goes, oh. Says <laughs> the suitcase. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then he makes a joke. He goes, we're very sorry you've been inconvenienced, Mr. Patterson. He goes, that's terrific. And so he takes the suitcase and he opens it. And there's nothing in there. And he shouts, don't fart me around, Dennis. And he goes, don't fart you around. He goes, you set me up to bring a bag of undeclared illegal currency out of the country. You put my chopper on the black pal. And, um, and he says, did the find it? He goes, well, if they had, I wouldn't be here, would I? He goes, oh, I see. So you opened the case before you left home. He goes, it's a good job I did, isn't it? He goes, you must think I'm a right wanker. He goes, look, I knew I wasn't sent back to Newcastle to bring you some documents. He goes, something heavy's coming down on you, pal, and it couldn't happen to a nicer fella. 
And uh, he goes, that slag Vicky's been shouting him out of. He goes, you just leave Vicky out of it. He goes, you brought this on yourself, man. He goes, where's my money, Dennis? He goes, oh, he goes, it's safe. There was less a few quid I've taken to bump myself up the club class. <laughs> and then well, he right. and then he does he's famous. And he's like, oh, Dennis, Dennis. And then he tries to rationalize it. He says, you know, the reason I didn't level with you is because I reckon that with the eye doesn't see, the heart doesn't grieve over. I didn't want you going through customs with the old ticker pounding and the blood pressure pressure shooting up through the roof. And he says, oh, it's nice to know you had my best interests at heart. And he's like, Dennis, the reason I sent you is a reflection of my trust. We've worked together for a long time, you and me. Uh, Scotch, do you? And pour him a drink. And he says, look, I'm about to jack all this in, right? And that 25 grand, that's like my warranty. And he goes, are you laying down terms, Dennis? He goes, I am actually, yeah. He goes, first off, you hold the deed to my wife's house. And I'd be obliged if Hallwood sent them back to me bank, right? And he goes, secondly, as you're about to become an exile out here, I'm a bit concerned about the lads. I mean, your assets might get tied up for a bit. So that money is guaranteed their full whack, generous bonuses and the airfares back home. And he says, anything else? He says, no. He says, oh, yeah. And he says, if I see Vicky with so much as a broken fingernail, you'll never <laughs> see the balance. Mm. So. Back at the villa. I mean, again, you know, Ali Fraser is a bit of a shit gangster, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's not a hard man himself, is he? No, no. Ah, well, exactly, you know. You'd think that most gangsters have got to where they are because they could have a row, you yeah. know. And Dennis is just, you know, like on several occasions, Dennis has fucking told Ali Fraser how it is. Yeah. And, um, and like nothing's actually happened to him. And the only time he did send his goons after them, they got the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> you know, you yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, he's the he, he must be the fucking worst gangster ever. So, anyway... We're back on site and all the lads are at work and Dennis arrives back. And they all say, hello, Den. And he says, all right. And Neville says, how did it go? And he says, great, hey. And he puts a bag down. He says, there's a bottle of scotch in there for you and a bottle of vodka for when you're through. And uh, Neville says, how did home look? And he says, magic, Nev. Working out here, you forget what a Tyneside sunset looks like. <laughs> and Christine comes in. He says, hello, darling. comes out and says, hello, darling. And then we go inside. And Dennis says, so how you been, all right? And she, says, um, and she says, yes, I've been fine. He says, look, he says, I've got, he says, I've got this for you for tipping us the wink about Ali. She goes, thanks. He goes, it's good to see you. And she goes, good to see you too. And they kiss. And he says, so I was right then. Ali Fraser is in some sort of trouble. And Dennis says, oh, he's in trouble, all right. You know what I think? Set the ball rolling. That house we did up for him in Derbyshire. You know, when we were working there, we used to say it was haunted. Well, I tell you one thing, it's going to come back and haunt Ali. He got too greedy, cut too many corners. Now it's all going to come down on him. And she goes, well, where does that leave us? She goes, all the rest of the lads. He goes, ah, it's all right. I took out insurance. And she goes, what do you mean? And he says, I'll tell you after I've got to get back to work. And she says, oh, yes, not yet. You haven't. So Christine has got designs on our Dennis there. In uh, his small, in his small pants. In his, yes, in his budgie smugglers. Yeah. So 
he's obviously just had a bit of nookie um, and he's having a sing in the shower and Neville is coming down the stick speaking and he says, I've never heard that before. And Brenda says, what? He says, Dennis singing in the shower. And he goes, I mind, he's never been so cheerful. I've noticed that. And he says, it's very worrying. And she goes, why, if I haven't said it? He's like, well, I'm just not used to it, that's all. And she goes, I think it's Chris. And he goes, oh, I, women always think it's women that cheer men up. He says, no, nah, there's more to it than that. And she goes, what's your theory? He goes, I don't know. Maybe he's going home. Maybe he's got some work lined up. And she goes, well, say what you like. I think they're very well suited. And she's a very nice girl. And he's like, I never said she wasn't. And obviously, you know, that's quite ironic, the fact they're talking about his real mm. life. And um, anyway, she, Brenda says, well, you certainly got out of bed on the wrong side this morning, didn't you? And he goes, I'm sorry, Pet. I suppose it's just the situation. Living this close proximity to another couple. And she goes, well, we haven't had to pay for a hotel, love. We... And, um, uh, so I haven't had to pay for a hotel, have we? He goes, I know, but it's a bit restricting in other areas, though, isn't it? And she says, honestly, you're so old-fashioned in some ways, Neville. I mean, <laughs> I know they're in the room next door, but you don't have to run bath both tabs every time you make love. <laughs> and then Dennis comes and he goes, oh, can you believe there's nay hot water again? <laughs> or insinuating that Neville's also just had a shag. And, um, and obviously, nay hot water again, so it's obviously a repeat performance. So Neville and Brenda have obviously been going at it. And um, anyway, so we cut and we see Ali Fraser. And Kenny. And Kenny. But Ali Fraser is smoking a cigarette. And I yeah. don't, I think this is the very first time yeah, yeah. we've ever seen him smoke a cigarette. That's it, yeah. So this, I think this is to insinuate that the stress, stress. is yeah. obviously getting to him. And Kenny says, look, I know it must go against the grain, but you've got to give your gaffer top marks for initiative. And he says, if I ever get back to the UK, I'll damage him for life. Well, <laughs> he'll Kenny get someone else to damage him for life. Yeah, yeah well, nobody. Kenny makes a joke. And he says, ha ha. He says, well, he's pretty safe then by the sounds of things. He says, here, he says, don't worry about the 25 grand. Think about it as a blessing in disguise. And he says, well, I find it hard to be that philosophical. He goes, now, be fair. He goes, it lets you know that they're on your case. It's only a matter of time before they seize your books, freeze your assets and issue the warrants. And believe me, I speak as someone with experience in these matters. And he says, so what do I do now? He says, buy yourself some time. He says, son, Spain may not be the haven you thought it was. You may be better off in Costa Rica or the Mongolian People's Republic. And he, again, Kenny Ames is, you know, very much having a laugh at Ali Fraser's expense here. And obviously they're supposed to be mates, but we see there's no honour among thieves here. Yeah. And, um, and he says, oh, don't come the comedian with me, Kenny. And he says, no, bear with me, son. He says, the Brits will already be in touch with their Spanish amigos. Believe me. And Ali says, he goes, I've got some money in Switzerland. And he goes, better, better. He goes, foresight, planning, the ability to think ahead. That's what separates you and me from the common herd, Ali. But he says, I'd have to go there myself. He goes, right, you get yourself down there. You go down, then you go down to Tangiers. And I know this bloke with a boat. Don't worry, he's not a tan hand in a nightshirt with a flower pot on his head. He's from Felix. <laughs> And he goes, how much? And he goes, 20%. And he goes, 20%. And he goes, that's only because you're a mate. And that's all in. For that, you get Bobby and his boat in Tangier, all the overheads, 
and the crew of the San Saucy. And Ali says, well, we'll worry about the numbers later. How do we get the ball rolling? He goes, well, I need a little bit in advance, you know. And again, you know, Kenny Ames is basically, I think he's trying to take Ali Fraser for a ride here. Yeah, yeah. Happen him up straight away for cash. And I think Kenny Ames has not forgotten the fact that Ali Fraser tried to take advantage of him with, mm. um, you know, with uh, Thornley Manor. Yeah. And the other, you know, Ali Fraser was perfectly prepared to take advantage of all of the other crooks on the Costa del Sol. So that mm. attitude has definitely come back to bite him in the arse. And um, and he says, I've got some cash in a, in, in a safe up in the villa. And he says, all right. He says, let's go and count it then, shall we? And as Ali looks off, like uh, Kenny Ames looks at him like a predator. He's like, oh. you know, Kenny Ames is definitely looking at him like he's a meal, you know what I mean, that he's going to take. Oh. And he goes, hang on, wait a minute. He goes, I'm on Bobby's boat. I've got my money in the suitcase. He goes, how do you propose to get me back on Spanish, Spanish soil undetected? And Kenny says, we'll have to think about that one, won't we? So um, we cut back to the villa and the lads are at work and the girls come out with a big bottle of champagne with a magnum. With magnum. Yeah. And Christine says, right, lads, it won't harm you to down tools a bit early for once. And she says, come on, Den, open that. She gives him the magnum. And he says, champion. And she says, Barry's got an announcement to make. And he says, has he? And the, the champagne cork pops and everyone goes, hey. And Barry says, uno memento, please. And Neville says, oh, hey, hang on. He says, I'm now able to put an end to all the speculation concerning Miss Hazel Redfern and myself. He goes, last night, I am happy to say that this fair maiden agreed to be my wife. And they all cheer. Hey. And he goes, and what's more? And he goes, and Hazel says, wait, there's more. And Moxie says, she's in the club. <laughs> and, um, and Barry says, the nuptials will take place next Wednesday. And needless to say, you are all cordially invited. And Oz turns to Moxie and says, I she must be. Anyway, so Ali and Kenny arrive, and obviously Ali Fraser is none too happy with the scene of the party. And he says, what the heck is going on, Vicky? And she goes, Ali, Barry and Hazel are getting married down here next week. And Barry says, give, give Mr. Ames and Mr. Fraser a drink of champagne. And Ali's like, oh, you'll be wanting the day off, I suppose. And Dennis steps in, he goes, come on now, Ali, that's not too much to ask now, is it? And, he, and Kenny Ames says, come on, Ali, where's your generosity of spirit? And Ali Fraser says, I've got other things on my mind, Kenny. And, um, and, uh, and Hazel says, there you are, Mr. Fraser, and gives him a drink. And Barry says, this is my fiancée, Hazel Redfern, this is Mr. Fraser and Mr. Ames. And, um, and he says, pleased to meet you, love, all the best uh, to you there, son. And then Kenny Ames. Yeah. Has a devious, devious scheme in mind. Yeah. yeah. And he says, Ali. He says, excuse us. And he pulls Ali to one side. He goes, Ali, look, if the happy couple wants to get married, they can use my yacht. And Ali's like, what? And he goes, and then we can have the wedding just outside of the five mile limit. And the penny drops and Ali Fraser realises what Kenny's about. And they both have a big smile on their face. And Dennis says a toast to Barry and Hazel. And everyone goes, Barry and Hazel. Hazel. And <laughs> Ali Fraser and Kenny Ames. Big smile. <laughs> with a big smile. So the plan has been laid. Yeah. 
for how Ali is going to get his ill-gotten gains back into Spain. So, the credits roll. That's the end of the episode. What a fantastic episode it is. Full of, you know, good stuff there. Um, you know, we've, we've seen Barry lose his temper and get all emotional. We've seen Oz and Vicky are getting yeah. very, very close. Ali Fraser is losing the plot a bit, and Dennis has stuck it right on him and laid the plans to get out from under Ali's thumb. So, for the first time ever, in the credits, Kenny Ames, James Booth gets a sole credit. So this mm. must—it was probably written in the contract, but at some point they would get it. But yes, yeah, so yeah. Kenny, Kenny get Kenny Ames gets a sole credit. The next credit is Ali Fraser and Vicky. Then it's Hazel Brenda and Christine. Then it's Hallwood the scumbag, Stefano and Gunter, and then the customs officer, the Spanish croupier, the token croupier, and Carlos, the barman. And that is the end mm. of this episode. And what a fantastic one it was. Yeah, so yeah. we are all teed up. So, George, can yeah. you believe it? Next week yeah. is the season two finale. Yeah. I think I'll buy, I'll buy a lottery ticket next week, I think. for uh... Well, maybe <laughs> try and use the same numbers. Yeah, yeah. So, so if any of our uh, viewers or listeners have anything to comment on about this episode or anything else, then please do feel free to email us on again at gmail.com. Uh, follow our social medias, Instagram at again podcast, uh, Twitter at again. Like and share the Facebook page, Auvidazian Again Podcast. And please do subscribe to the YouTube channel, Auvidazian Again Podcast, and click that bell. And as always, if you prefer to listen instead of watch, we're on all good podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, and uh, Google Podcast Breaker, and many, many more. And new episodes are released every Friday at 10 a.m. And our theme music is composed and performed by the guitar man, Mr. Lee Dosky. So please, please, please do like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tell your Arvidazian pet-loving friends about us. Um, our sponsor, as we know, Top Gun Tattoo, 12 The Harris Arcade in Reading, topguntattoo.co.uk, audible 189-968-667, and you get a 20% discount with Zach by quoting the code Hadaway and Scheitman. And remember, a free Neville and Lottie tattoo for every single watcher and listener. And remember... The fantastic giveaway prize at the moment is this great, uh, genuine, signed picture copy Hobby. of The Magnificent Seven in Dusseldorf. So if you want to win the picture, go to the social medias, follow, like, tag and share. And you too could be in with a chance of winning this fantastic prize. So once again... Big, 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 big thanks to the fantastic and beautiful guest, yeah. uh, Leslie St. John. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And next week, the big finale of season two. So until next week, George. Adios. 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 And a Vida's end pet. Oh, yeah, man, man, man. All out of options, nothing to choose. Down on Netflix, I'm sick of the news. I'd sign up to Sky, but I don't wanna pay. I've been on furlough since May. <laughs> Let me
Let's go.